Recording from Studio Shanto outside of Detroit, Michigan. You're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler D. The Outside Blitz. Episode 11 is here. The boys recap all the preseason, talk news going into the regular season, and the return of Tyler's Top 10. And welcome, everybody, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with uh, the uh, very uh, tyrannical Tyler Dean. Not even going to ask. Nah, I knew it. I knew you wouldn't. Tyler, big week in the NFL, Bubba. We got um, huge games. I, I Very exciting uh, Sunday, you, even in spite of the fact that we were at a show. We got to see some exciting games. Um I saw you with your uh, your iPad out there just chilling and watching. It was actually kind of funny. <laughs> not going to miss football. No, no, not at all. Um, we, we had a, a, an exciting, exciting time, though. Um, I was sitting there, I mean, uh, glued, I mean, you saw me, glued to my phone, just just waiting for that Vikings uh, Niners score to come out. Um, big day. Big, big day. Uh, we, got, we got some stories out there. Um, I, I'm thinking, Tyler, we can hop right into it, uh, start looking at those week one scores. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. Uh, week one, baby, we're talking, uh, starting out the Thursday night game, Falcons-Steelers, the or I'm sorry, Falcons-Steelers, Falcons-Eagles. Sorry about that. Same state. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Philadelphia beats the, the Atlanta Falcons 18-12. Uh, to 12. Uh, Matt Ryan actually had a, a, a decent showing in this game, I guess not really from an accuracy standpoint, but from a yardage standpoint, he did all right. Big story for the Falcons, Julio Jones, 10 receptions, 169 yards. What else is new? Um, very low scoring game, very boring game, to be honest with you. It was, it was a, really a snoozer. Um, Nick Foles for the Eagles, 19 for 34, 117 yards. He did throw a pick in that game. Jay Ajayi gets two touchdowns, uh, 62 yards on, on, uh, 15 rushes. Zach Ertz led the team five receptions for 48 yards. The big story on the, that game was definitely the defenses, uh, shutting down, uh, Matty Ice and shutting down old Nick Foles there, um, against the Eagles. Tyler, what you got for me? Got the Bengals and the Colts. The Bengals go up 34-23. Andy Dalton went 21 for 28, 243, two touchdowns and an interception. Joe Mixon had, went 17 carries and 95 yards and a touchdown. A.J. Green had six receptions, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Andrew, uh, going on the Colts side, Andrew Luck went 39 for 53, threw the ball a lot. 319 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Jordan Wilkins led the team in rushing, believe it or not, with uh, 14 carries, 40 yards. So not a, not a great run game there. And Jack Doyle led the team in receptions with seven receptions and 60 yards. <coughs> what do you guys got? Now, this one is one I know you're the super happy about. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens, 47-3 to over the Buffalo Bills. Just a shellacking um, over there in Baltimore. Josh Allen... Uh, uh, leads the team for Buffalo, 6 for 15, 72 yards. Nate Peterman with arguably the worst outing in quarterback history, 5 for 18, 24 yards, two fi- two picks. Um, <coughs> I mean, just ugly. That's through, that's through over two quarters. <coughs> yeah, two quarters. And then if you really look at the statistics here, I mean, just an ugly day for the Bills. Zay Jones leads the team in receiving three receptions, 26 yards. Shady McCoy couldn't get anything going for the Bills. Um, Marcus Murphy actually led the team in rushing. Six carries for 31 yards. Uh, McCoy only had seven carries for 22. Just a bad, 
awful, miserable day for the Bills. Um, and the Baltimore Ravens, monster day for, day for uh, Joe Flacco. He gets pulled out in, what, the second quarter, third quarter? Yep, about 10 minutes yep. left in the third. Yep, we got uh, 25 completions out of 34 attempts, 236 and uh, three touchdowns. Kenneth Dixon led the team in carries, 13 carries for 44 yards and a TD. Uh, Javorius Allen and Alex Collins both saw the end zone as well. Uh, Lamar Jackson got to see some playing time. He only, he went one for four for 24 yards uh, passing, but uh, he did run the ball a few times, seven carries for 39 yards. Um, Receiving-wise, Willie Sneed led the team in uh, receiving, but the, the Ravens did really spread the ball a lot. Um, Willie Sneed, four receptions, 49 yards and a touchdown. John Brown, three receptions, 44 yards and a touchdown. Nick Boyle, three receptions for 40 yards. Mike Crabtree, Three receptions for 38 yards and a touchdown. Max Williams saw three receptions for 32 yards. And Mark Andrews saw three receptions for 31 yards. So a lot of spreading the ball out over there in Baltimore. Just a beating as the Baltimore Ravens go 1-0. and And uh, the Buffalo Bills, their struggles continue. Tyler, what else you got for me? Tampa Bay at the Saints in the shocker of the week. The Buccaneers beat the Saints 48-40. It's a beating. Well... Ended up being a one-score possession, but this game was expected to be a complete blowout. Mm-hmm. Once of the game we just talked about, but it, it just wasn't. Ryan Fitzpatrick went 21 for 28, 417 yards, four touchdowns. That rushing, Peyton Barber had 19 carries and 69 yards. And then receiver-wise, there's really two guys to talk about here. Mike Evans had seven receptions, 147 yards and a touchdown. Deshaun Jackson had five receptions, 146 yards and two touchdowns. And then on the Saints side, Drew Brees also had himself a game with 37-45, 439 yards, and three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara had eight carries and 29 yards and two touchdowns. So not a lot of rushing there, but he did get in the end zone. Yes, he did. Michael Thomas with 16 receptions, 180 yards, and a touchdown. What do you got, Scott? Uh, the Houston Texans dropped to 0-1 against the uh, New England Patriots, uh, 27-20. Uh, Deshaun Watson with uh, probably one of the hardest games I, I've seen him have so far in his young NFL career. 17 for 34, 176, one touchdown, one interception. He also managed to fumble two snaps, which is uh, kind of a brutal thing. Lamar Miller had himself a decent game, 20 carries, 98 yards. Um, Deshaun did make some uh, runs over the uh, course of the game, eight carries for 40 yards. DeAndre Hopkins, eight receptions, 78 yards, and Bruce Ellington got into the end zone after uh, getting four receptions for 37 yards. On the Patriots side, Tom Brady, 26 for 39, 277, three touchdowns. He did have a pick in that game. Rex Burkhead led the team in uh, rushing, 18 carries for 64 yards after Jeremy Hill goes down with an ACL tear. Uh, Rob Gronkowski led the team in receiving what else is new, seven receptions, 123, and a touchdown. We also got to see a little something-something out of uh, Philip Dorsett, seven receptions for 66 yards and a touchdown. James White also had four receptions. For 38 yards and a touchdown. Tyler, what else you got? We have the San Francisco 49ers going against your Minnesota Vikings. <clears throat> Yeehaw! Vikings win this one 24-16. Jimmy G goes 15 for 33, 261 yards, at one touchdown and three interceptions. Matt Barretta left the team with 11 carries, 46 yards, and... George Kittle <coughs> had most of the action here. Five carries, 90 yards. George Kittle was impressive in that game. Yes, he was. A lot of, a lot of big passes. He did have the one big drop, though, for, for a touchdown. Which could have changed this game. Mm-hmm. It definitely could have. Um, on the Vikings side, Kirk Cousins in his debut goes 20-36, 244 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Latavius Murray led the team in rushing with 11 carries and 42 yards. 
but Dalvin Cook also got 16 carries for 40 yards. Adam Thielen led the team with six receptions on 102 yards. Dalvin Cook also saw some action. He got 55 yards in, through the air as well. So, Vikings go 1-0. Yep. Stefan Diggs, I also want to point out, was a good story there. Three receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown. He had himself a, a nice little game, um, even though it was only three receptions. Diggs was a big playmaker and, and uh, was responsible for pulling in that first uh, Kirk Cousins touchdown of the day. Now, are you sure on that one? Yes, sir, I am sure. Then this stat sheet's wrong because it says Diggs didn't get a touchdown at all. Diggs has one touchdown. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong person. You're, you are right. <laughs> Diggs, you are right. Diggs had a touchdown. I know it was. <laughs> it was a deep one, too. It was a very good pass. Um, over on the AFC side, we saw Miami. Miami surprisingly tops the Tennessee Titans 27 to 20. Uh, Blaine Gabbert with a rough day for, for the Titans, going 11 for 22, 117 in an interception. Uh, Mariota also had a rough outing, 9 for 16 for 103 and two picks. Um, I, I don't know what's going on there with the quarterback wagon in, in Tennessee, but it's getting a little rough. Uh, Deion Lewis had himself a, a much better game than Derrick Henry, 16 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Derrick Henry with 10 carries for 26 yards. Um, and Corey Davis. Six receptions, 62 yards, no picks, or no touchdowns, rather. Delaney Walker, uh, four receptions for 52 yards before going down with a nasty ankle injury. Um, over on the Miami side, Ryan Tannehill didn't look half bad. 20 for 28, 230 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Frank Gore with nine carries for 61 yards. Kenyon Drake led the team with carries, but not in yardage. 14 carries for 48 yards. Uh, Receiving-wise, Kenny Stills, four receptions for 106 yards, two touchdowns, looking like a true number one over there. Beyond that, nobody else was very notable on the receiving end for uh, the Miami Dolphins. Tyler, hit me. Jacksonville Jaguars top the New York Giants 20-15 to start the, start the season 1-0. Blake Bortles has 18 carries for 33 yards. I'm sorry. Eight, 18 for 33. 176 <laughs> yards, a touchdown and an interception. TJ Yeldon had 14 carries and 51 yards. Keenan Cole led the team in receiving with three receptions and 54 yards. But D.D. Westbrook had five receptions and 51 yards. <clears throat> On the, the uh, Giants' side, Eli Manning went 23 for 37, 224, and an interception. Shaquan Barkley had 18 carries and 106 yards and a touchdown. Nice debut for Saquon there. Ex absolutely. Odell Beckham had 11 carries and 111 yards. Did not get in the end zone. Oofa. What do you got, Scott? This one was a nail-biter. Uh, the final in overtime, 21-21, as the Cleveland Browns tie with the Pittsburgh Steelers. <clears throat> the Browns break the losing streak, kind of. I, I, I mean, it, almost. It, the losing streak's broke, yeah, the still not winning. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of. It's close, and, close as good in horseshoes and hand grenades. That's what it is. Um, ben Roethlisberger with kind of a rough game, 23 for 41. Uh, 335 yards. He had a touchdown and three interceptions in that game. James Conner, the big story in this game. 31 carries, 135 yards, two touchdowns, had a monster day. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster also had himself a nice monster day. He goes uh, five receptions, 119 yards. Actually almost outplayed Antonio Brown if it weren't for uh, the touchdown for Antonio Brown. Brown has nine receptions for 93 yards. Over on the broadside, Tyrod Taylor has himself a little bit of a rough game there, 15 for 40. Just a, a not accurate at all, 197 yards. He gets a touchdown and uh, throws a pick. Um, but he also had eight carries for 77 yards and a touchdown. Carlos Hyde got a little crazy too, 22 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jarvis Landry did get to see some playing time, seven receptions for 106 yards. 
Um, Josh Gordon got on the board too, one reception for 17 yards, but Rashard Higgins also had a reception for 38 yards. So we did get to see some action, but this one, the big story here was the big tie going into overtime. Neither kicker could seal the deal um, in overtime. So this one goes to a tie. Missing a block. Yeah, missing a block. Yep. So they, we wind up as a tie, and it's the very first tie in week one of the NFL history. So that's that's an interesting one. Man, I hate – when you get towards the end of the season and playoff time, I hate dealing with ties. And now yep. I'm sitting there smack dab my own division. Oh, yeah. Now you get to, to – and what if, what if Cleveland does really well for the rest of the year? Oh, Pittsburgh got third in the division. I'll <laughs> make my day. Going to the Chiefs and the Chargers. The Chiefs pull off the upset 38-28. The Chiefs start off 1-0 in the year. Patrick Mahomes has himself a quiet good game with 15 for 27, <coughs> 256 yards, and four touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had 16 carries and 49 yards. But Tyreek Hill had seven receptions, 169 yards, and two touchdowns. Tyreek was the big story there. Tyreek just running the ball, just passing the ball. Up. He was Mr. Everything. I mean, he, he was their whole team yesterday. Just a wild, wild thing. He, I mean, what was it, three touchdowns from scrimmage? I mean, you had one rushing and then two passing or two receiving. I mean, that's something special. Yeah. Chargers. Phillip Rivers goes 34 for 51, 424 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. Not a bad day for Rivers. No, not at all. Melvin Gordon leads the team in rushing, 15 carries and 64 yards. And Keenan Allen had eight receptions, 108 yards, and a touchdown. But Melvin Gordon also had... Nine receptions on 102 yards through the air. Melvin Gordon had some great, great game, too. Yeah, Gordon had a game. He was all over the place. What do you got, Scott? Oh, my gosh. Over to the Cowboys and Panthers. Uh, the Cowboys' offensive struggles continue. Dak Prescott, 19 for 29, 170 yards, 170 yards, no TDs on the game. Ezekiel Elliott, 15 carries for 69 yards, struggling rushing the football a little bit. Um, he did have a touchdown, however. Cole Beasley. Um, seven receptions, 73 yards, no touchdowns for uh, old Cole Beasley either as the issues in Dallas continue to just escalate on the offensive side of the football. On the other side, Cam Newton also had himself an equally as rough day, 17 for 26, 161 yards. Uh, Cam did rush around a little bit, 13 carries for 58 and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey had 10 carries for 50 yards. C.J. Anderson got to see some playing time as well, seven carries for 35 yards. Uh, Receiving-wise, McCaffrey got got uh, the most catches out of anybody. Six receptions for 45 yards. Devin Funches, three receptions for 41. Greg Olson got two for 33. Olson did go down with an injury. We don't know right now. It's up in the air how long he'll be out. Um, next up, Tyler, what you got? I have the Redskins versus the Cardinals. The Redskins win 24-6. Alex Smith in his debut goes 21 for 30, 255, and two touchdowns. Adrian Peterson led the team in rushing on 26 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown. AP looked fantastic in this game. Not the average that it could be seen. He's an older guy, so it's going to happen with a 3.7 average. But, he, but, he, he was the, but then he also led the team in, in reception, in uh, receiving yards as well, two, two receptions and 70 yards. Adrian Peterson. Great game by Adrian Peterson. He, he had something to prove, and I, I really like the fact that AP is back out there playing good ball in Washington. On the Cardinals' side, Sam Bradford went 20 for 34, 153 yards, and an interception. David Johnson had nine carries and 37 yards and a touchdown. 
Larry Fitzgerald's playing like he has alien blood. Seven receptions, 76 yards. Still playing well into his, uh, is he 40 yet? No, he's in his mm, upper 30s. Upper 30s. He's playing at a very high level, though, for that age. And David Johnson also had 30 yards through the air as well. What do you got, Scott? Oh, boy, Tyler. You got I'll tell you what. Case Keenum moves out and gets his first victory as a Bronco. Very surprising game. Uh, Russell Wilson knows 92 for 33 uh, for 298 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Chris Carson for the Seahawks hit, uh, led the team seven carries for 51 yards. He had himself a nice little game there. Uh, Will Disley. Actually led the team in receptions, three receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett, three for 59 and a touchdown. Brandon Marshall, he got we got to see his field time, three for 46 and a touchdown. Tyler, what are you doing over there? Fixing my mic. Jeez, oh, Pete's man, it's loud. Making noise. And yeah, I know. Case Keenum, he had himself a decent game, 25 for or 25 for 39, three touchdowns, three picks. However. Uh, Philip Lindsay led the Broncos in ru- well, kind of led them in, in rushing. He he split carries with Royce Freeman. Both of those runners went 15 carries for 71 yards. Um, Emmanuel Sanders leads the team in receiving 10 receptions for 135 yards. Demarius Thomas six for 63. Both Sanders and Thomas did have a touchdown as the Broncos beat the Seattle Seahawks 27 to 24 on a nail biter right there at the end. And, and uh, it, it was just a hell of a, a play there at the end by uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Um, next up, Tyler, what you got for me? And this will be the last game review, as because as we mentioned last on the last show, um, due, due to constant scheduling this week, um, we are recording this episode in the middle of the day on Monday, so we do not have any update for either Monday Night Football game. Yeah, looking forward to those tonight, however. And... Scott, just looking at your uh, <clears throat> predictions from last week, I and mean, even though we both picked the same, you, you better hope these both go a good way because your, your record's not looking very good. Right? No, it's looking pretty ugly. But uh, Bears at Packers, a very exciting game last night. So much happened. Starting with the Bears, Mitch Trubisky goes 23 for 35, 171 yards. Jordan Howard had 15 carries and 82 yards, and Allen Robinson leads the team with four receptions and 61 yards. On the some only a rushing touchdown by Mitch Trubisky. On the Green Bay side, Aaron Rodgers goes 20 for 30, 286 yards and three touchdowns. Keeping in mind he did go down for a while there, and while he was down, Deshaun Kaiser went four for seven and 55 yards, but threw an interception. Mm, that was an ugly pick too. Jamal Williams had 15 carries and 47 yards, and Randall Cobb led the, led the team with nine receptions, 142 yards, and a touchdown. Devontae Adams also had another 88 yards and a touchdown himself. In a, in a very exciting game, in a, in, a, in a brutal comeback, that should just be a heartbreaker for the Bears. Yeah, and let's talk Packers and Bears while we're here. Now, now that we're, we're done with, with the majority of the scores, now, now before we get done, I, I will say Monday Night Football – um, Jets and Lions, Rams and Raiders. We'll be reporting on that next show. But but let's talk Packers and Bears for a brief minute while we're while we're here because we're we're already at the at this spot. I want to talk Khalil Mack. Let's let's talk Khalil Mack because we got to see Khalil Mack um, come into that game. Uh, you know he he wasn't in there initially. They they didn't have him in there right away, and and you instantly saw the complexion of this game change. As soon as Khalil Mack came in into that game, um, the pass rushing was absolutely insane. It was insane. Aaron Rodgers didn't know which way was up. 
He he didn't know his head from his his ass from a hole in the ground. I mean, it was it was just insane. Is Khalil at this point with with I mean Khalil Mack? He had he had a fumble recovery last night. He had an interception last night for it was a pick six. He he had a a, a strip sack. I mean, is Khalil Mack at this point? Do we consider him the best linebacker in football, Tyler? Um, I I wish we had tonight's games. Um, I I'm I could I believe Aaron Donald's also capable of having this type of game. Right, but I mean linebacker wise, I I would. Oh, I, so, are, so we're not saying just defensive. Just defensive players. I mean, but but we can. I I in think linebacker. Yes. I, I, in linebacker, I think Khalil Mack is probably the best linebacker in football, maybe outside of Von Miller. Now now, but when we're talking uh, best defensive player, are people like Von Miller and Khalil Mack both in the discussion? I think so. At this point in time, oh, 100%. Khalil Mack, I mean, as soon as he came into that game, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was in the midst of starting to, to do what Aaron Rodgers does. We, we know Aaron Rodgers is the first ballot Hall of Fame. We know Aaron Rodgers is, is a great, great player. Khalil Mack changed the complexion of that game the moment he stepped onto the field. He walked out there, he created a pass rush that was so potent that Aaron Rodgers couldn't control. What was going on in that game for the entire first half until he got hurt, but but he couldn't control what was going on. This game was was an, really there. There were so many different stories to this game, and so many interesting things that went on. And you know, Aaron Rodgers going down with the injury. Um, I personally, well, staying on the the Mac thing though, I think Khalil Mack is going to be a long time player for the Chicago Bears. He's going to be well, the, I mean, they also just signed that massive yeah, player. He's gonna be there a long time. Well and I, I think I well I mean and you never really but I think he's gonna be a he's gonna be the the uh, it, it, okay let's put it this way is Khalil Mack when we're talking long time defensive players is Khalil Mack better than Erlacher at this point? Do you think Khalil Mack turns out in the long term better than Brian Erlacher? Turns out, making a prediction. Yeah. Yes. You think he's going to be better than Erlacher long term? I think so. Um, I mean, you're, you're, it's a pretty bold thing to do. That's that's Ur- bold. But I, I, I think he had he had the potential of doing that. And I would tend to agree with you here. Uh, I mean, the whole complexion, like I said, of the game changed as soon as Khalil Mack walked on the field. It was a different story. It, and what does that say for a Raiders team getting ready to go to Monday Night Football as, as a fan? Um, as someone, I mean, as you said, one player can't always change a team. But what you what you just saw last night, maybe Khalil has the type of player that can change the defense. Yeah, he can. I think he can. I think the Raiders are in for a very very tough long season without him. I don't think their defense really has anything to offer that's that's spectacular that really screams to you, you know, oh, that's a great player. But but when I when I see the. Uh, when I see the Oakland Raiders get as much as they did for Khalil Mack, <clears throat> the Raiders long-term are going to be fine. They were thinking about the future. And and I think the Bears were thinking about the future. I think the Raiders couldn't sign him for that amount of money. I think the the Raiders understand, okay, we're going to build our future, a future of our defense. They've got Derek Carr for a long time. Derek Carr's not going anywhere. The guy's in his mid-20s. He's going to be around forever. Uh, and I think they're going to be able to re-sign Cooper to a long-term deal. You're going to see guys like Donald Penn waltz out the door. But at the end of the day, Khalil Mack with the Chicago Bears, the AFC North just got much more scary. I I almost I mean the they're the NFC North rather. You're right. Thank you. Um, but 
it just got a lot more scary. And and really talking about this game, this game was was it was a fun game to watch. Um, kudos to Aaron Rodgers for getting it done with a knee injury. Uh, I gotta say, Aaron Rodgers got it done. I feel like a lot of credit was going toward Aaron Rodgers that shouldn't have gone toward Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Did you see his interview for the game? No. I'll I'll show you after this, but uh, um, you. He's, he has a reporter asking about the game, and, and uh, he's giggling the entire time. It's almost as if uh, they got him a little drugged up before he came back for the game. Which oh, yeah. surprised me. And he goes, because he was talking about the, basically the timeline going to the tent and stuff, and the reporter goes, oh, what did it end up being? He goes, my knee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, and, and Rodgers, you know, 286 and three touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at. But if you look at uh, – I. Personally, I kind of want to take away 75 yards of it and one touchdown because I just want to hand it all to Randall Cobb and just say, good for you, man. That catch from Randall Cobb, that double move, people were not giving that man enough credit for making that that double move, for making that 75 yards worth of rack yardage. Uh, I mean, Randall Cobb was was really the star of the show last night. Um, he, he saved the day. And, and as much as people want to credit Aaron Rodgers, hey, kudos to you for coming back out with a knee injury. But I'll tell you what, Randall Cobb, 75 yards and a touchdown for that one. In total, he gets nine receptions for 142. And Adams, too, also, you know, he got that that nice little the pass, and he really he reached out, you know, in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. So, I mean, can you really fully credit Aaron Rodgers? I don't really – I can't. Personally, I can't. Um, I mean, but uh, I, I can credit the team. For, for pulling that one out. I, I think that's that's the fair route to go about it that way. It, it was definitely a huge <clears throat> win for, for the Green Bay offense. And when really you got, you got to get to get the defense credit too because a comeback isn't really a truly a comeback without the defense rallying together and preventing the other offense from continuing to score. Yeah, and in the first half, I mean, the Chicago Bears were just laying into them. I mean, 17 nothing going into halftime. Uh, Trubisky was playing good ball. I, I'm not going to say Trubisky wasn't playing good ball. I mean, he... Mitchell Trubisky benefits really well from Nagy's offense. Um, I think I think last year when we saw Mitchell Trubisky came in and we were talking about Mitchell Trubisky and we said, this guy's going to be a star. And we knew this guy was going to be a star. I mean, I, I think everybody kind of agreed, wow, his first game was against the Minnesota defense and he brought his team within three of beating the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, and and that's huge. I, I wouldn't you agree? I mean, it, at the end of the day, you, you you come, you're a rookie quarterback in your first game. You come within three points of beating the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, yeah. that's that's huge. It's an elite defense. So I mean, we all agree Mitchell Trubisky was going to be a star. Mitchell Trubisky comes in. He played really good football. I was impressed with, impressed with with the way that the play calls too. The play calls were something really special. Um, one guy that I think is kind of an unsung hero that made a lot of great plays was, was Tariq Cohen. Um, he came in and just, you know, he made a lot of key plays that, that really made this, this team much more potent. Um, he did get, you know, uh, three receptions for 16 yards. He, he was picking up first downs on key, key, uh, uh, third down plays. Cohen is is something special. He's going to be a great change of pace back in this league. Um, Jordan Howard, 15 carries for 82 yards, doing what Jordan Howard does. Really, this was a fun game to watch. Oh, yeah. The Bears are going to wind up being a scary team in this league in the future, and we know they are. They kind of remind me of how the Eagles are are handling themselves right now. Um, 
just a, a, a fun game. And and Aaron Rodgers, like I said, he get, he gets the win, scores 21 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Bears, they're going to have to tighten up, but they're also going to have to. One thing that I, I noticed about this game um, from the Bears, and this will be the last thing I talk about this game. One thing I noticed from the Bears in this game um, was they, they didn't have Khalil Mack on the field during certain plays where I felt they should have. Uh, Mack, I understand he missed um, – he missed uh, training camp. I get it. You know, you don't you don't want the guy to miss training camp. But I mean, to me, you I, should I have. Think a, I think it's been more, it was more. He's only been, he's been on the team what a week, week and a half. I, I think he knows um, what to do enough. Of, well, no, you know? absolutely. Something like Cleo Mac definitely does. But but um, I think I think the uh, coaching staff is more just kind of easing him in instead of just throwing him in cold turkey. I, I would have thrown him in there. I mean, Mac. <laughs> I mean, an interception for a touchdown. A fumble recovery. I mean, at what point do you just say, yeah, to hell with it, Khalil Mack staying in the game? I mean, like, he gets to the second quarter, and he's got a, a, a pick six. He's got a, a fumble recovery. He's got a, um, what was it, a pick six, a fumble recovery. He's got sacks. I mean, he's – he's. What at what point do you just say, hey, yeah, to hell with it. I'm leaving him in the game. I, I, to me – Second quarter, I would have been like, well, guys, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like all my linebackers, but I'm a, we might go to a 3-4 or, you know, just as, <laughs> just as long as we can stick that guy in the game because he's the guy that's going to save the day. I was Im- so impressed. And and Khalil Mack, I, I mean, I know he's a great linebacker. He's 27 years old. He's hitting his prime. To me, I'm just like, for all that money I signed him, for that 140 was 141 that I signed him for, I'm keeping his ass in the game. And that's where he's going to stay. That was was just my key takeaway from that game is that Khalil Mack is a monster and he put everybody in the NFC North, you know, on on notice. I'm coming for you. And and for me, being a Vikings fan, it's really scary because the Vikings don't really have themselves that great of an offensive line. So I mean, I'm over here going, man, that guy's going to come and really just rail us, you know. And so they're going to have to really pick up the slack here and, and get some blocking going. Um, when that when the Bears come to town, the Bears are the real thing, and I think they showed it last night. Um, the Packers have some work to do. Um, a lot of people were saying the Green Bay Packers are going to come in and just rail the Chicago Bears, and they were saying that Aaron Rodgers is going to set the world on fire, and he did in the fourth quarter. But uh, did Aaron Rodgers set the world on fire in the first half? I, I'm seeing goose eggs in one and two, so I'm not thinking he set the world on fire. And watching that game last night, man, he was having a hard time in the first half, dealing with that pass rush. So, to me, the Bears are the real deal, and I'm loving Khalil Mack right now. Absolutely loving him. I think no, he's... Khalil Mack came out and showed that he's going to be a very important piece of this defense and this team, and the Bears are going to have a better season than people predicted, and and, and, caught, and a lot of it is going to be credited to Khalil Mack. Yeah, and I, I told you at the beginning when we went over our predictions, we went over our season predictions, I told you that, that the Chicago Bears were going to wind up um, as number two in the division, and I stand firmly in that. I believe that the Chicago Bears will wind up number two in the division. Um, I had them going a little higher than a lot of people expect, 12-4, and four, but but I believe that they're going to wind up uh, going number two in this division. I think the Packers are going to be in for a rude awakening when they when they see them again in Chicago um, at Soldier Field. Um, now, with that, real quick, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we will be uh, right back after a word on our uh, word from our sponsors. Jeez, oh, Pete's Tyler, I'm having a rough day. A word there. Yeah, right back from a word from our sponsors right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage. 
you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, Tyler Dean. Woohoo, Daddy. And I'm here with the today very, very feisty, very fierce, very fired up Scotty Freytown. I am feeling very, very fiery. I maybe I should get into more arguments with my old lady before I come to the show. I, I seem to be all all wired today. <laughs> And honestly, like I, I yeah, feel very going pretty good yeah. on the Aaron Rodgers Packers Bears. I'm, I'm all hot and bothered today. Just, just irritated beyond. It's all get out, but that's okay because we got football, Tyler, and that's that's what it's all about is football, baby. Yeah, it's football season. Week one just happened. Um, let's get down to business around the league, but we we got some. Uh, some hellacious stories uh, this week. I'm, I'm going to jump right into the Steelers-Brown situation. Um, let's talk James Conner. Oh, James let's, Conner. Let's talk James Conner. Wow, where did this come from? Yeah, James Conner. You know, we were, we were hearing all the news about James Conner um, becoming the number one running back over there with the uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I was super excited to hear about it. Um, I didn't know how he was going to fare. Uh, you know, you're, you're following in the uh, footsteps of Le'Veon Bell. I think that, I mean, and, and it's a small sample size. Well, we'll say, okay, we're in week one. But what does this say moving forward if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers? what is this, Is this a statement by James Conner? Is this a statement by the Steelers? Is this a statement by the Steelers' offensive line? What does this say about this football team? What does this say about James Conner? Now, I'm, I'm going to start... With, with the Bell side of things, I love Le'Veon Bell. He's one of the best backs in this league. Nobody can dispute that. I don't think so. But the way James Conner performed, to me, is a we can be a great football team without you. Right. And and I think this is more of a testament. Now, James Conner, let's, let's talk about James Conner a little bit. Just trying to, to learn more about this guy because people – I mean, he was a third-round guy, okay? Third, uh, He's a third-rounder, eh, you know? Okay, whatever. Um, he really hasn't played with, with the Steelers a whole lot. Um, he rushed for 1,680 yards with, with uh, uh, the University of Pittsburgh as a senior. Um, now, let's, uh, he, as a third-round guy, he comes in and he performs for 135 yards, two touchdowns. He gets five receptions in the game. Uh, against the Browns. They don't win the game, but James Conner was the big story of the, this Pittsburgh offense after ben, Big Ben really had trouble. He, he struggled. And I was going to say, if we're jumping in more what happened in the game, James Conner was, <clears throat> was the uh, shining light here. Big Ben threw three interceptions. And let's just also point out the fact that James Conner also had 31 attempts. That's another thing. Yeah, big workload. And he was able to take it on 
and and still put up big numbers, lots of touchdowns. He played good ball. He was exciting. The 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 Steelers were fired up. <clears throat> right now, like a, as much as you're not going to want to hear this, Tyler, I like the Pittsburgh I, I, the Pittsburgh Steelers because it, this is a team that went out and rallied, or they were they were they basically stuck their middle finger in the air and said, "Hey, you know what? Fine, Le'Veon Bell, you don't want to play for our team. We're going to go out." And we are going to play good ball, and we're going to remind you just how good of an offensive line, especially that you had here. And you're going to be you're going to be screaming to come back here by the time this season's done. I think this is more a testament to the offensive line in Pittsburgh than it was James Conner. I I agree. I, I, with, with everything the offensive line was saying through the week and stuff, I, I think it definitely was a testament to the offensive line. But my problem with your statement on on the, on the Steelers is. This is proven based on the result. This is a team that can be distracted. Maybe, maybe they can be distracted. I mean, like let's say they were distracted. But I mean, that's a hell of a positive distraction to have. Um, but I, I, at the same time, this isn't a game they should have lost or come close to losing. Well, they they came close to losing it. I, I mean, but we were talking we were talking last week about how the Cleveland Browns play this division, and and anytime the Cleveland Browns come on the field. With the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they always seem, and, and even the Bengals, they always seem to come out and really just play this division hard. Oh yeah, every time. Now, now if you're a, um, a Cleveland Browns fan, right, and you're watching this game with with Pittsburgh, does this uh, count as as the the loss breaker? Does this does this count for you if you're a Cleveland Browns fan? <laughs> I think a lot of Cleveland Browns fans are going to count this, but I think some are also disappointed they, they couldn't completely pull the trigger. No, they they, they didn't pull the trigger. I, to me, it's a no. To me, you, you tied. I think it's a no. It's a no. It's horseshoes and hand grenades. You, you didn't get the job done. But, you know, back on the James Conner thing, kudos to James Conner for, for coming out and playing good ball. He took a big workload, and, and that's the kind of thing that we, we usually see out of Le'Veon Bell. Um, this is a run-first offense. We know it's a run-first offense. We know. Um, I can't remember the last time Bell had that many carries in one game, though. Yeah, I, I mean, he he had. A, I I think he had that that many. You'd have to we'd have to look up the stat from last year. But you know, really, I, I think Connor. He showed that he is the real thing. That this isn't a pony show. We're gonna have to see if if we're gonna we're gonna see um a a, a repeat performance next week. But I I'm excited for James Connor. I feel good about James Conner. I feel very good about the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. And I'm not even a Steelers fan. I feel very good about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And and if I'm if I'm any team in the AFC right now, I'm over here going, oh boy, because the Steelers are coming to town and, and they're gonna come in and, and bring that that hard, mean rushing game that, that we're so accustomed to seeing out of Pittsburgh. Oh no, Steelers are going to be dangerous. But to me, what I what I saw yesterday wasn't the typical dangerous Steelers that we are accustomed to seeing. So I think this, the rest of the division, in a way, is kind of a shining light of this isn't the completely dominant Steelers we're used well, to. I don't know. Do you think it was not as dominant Steelers, or was it? Hey, the Cleveland Browns are that much better. It's either the Browns' defense is better than we already, we already knew it was. Or something's wrong with Ben. Yeah, and because Ben and, threw three interceptions, which is not like him. And the Browns, they they uh, came in and they 
really, I mean, the Browns were, were already number 12 in the league as far as overall defense. So, so I mean, did, did they just get better, better with, with Denzel Ward and that whole crew? That's something to, to behold. I'm excited to see what the future holds for, for James Conner um, moving forward. I, I believe this kid's got a bright future. And oh, 100%. That, this team's going to rally behind him. And James Conner is going to be very good all year. Yep, and, and he's only 23 years old. I, he, he's got a lot of tread on the tires. He's, still, he's got three years left to, to make his case and get himself that long-term deal. So I'm excited for that. Two touchdowns last, last game. Uh, he did get those five receptions. He had 135 yards on 31 attempts. Very, very powerful stuff uh, from old James Conner. Now, speaking of running backs, um, got some news out of uh, the New England side of things. Jeremy Hill, um, New England goes and picks him up in the offseason. He tears his ACL. Uh, Jeremy Hill is out for the season. Um, how badly, Tyler, do you think that this affects the New England Patriots? Virtually zero. Virtually zero. Why? The pa- so the Patriots already brought him in into a very crowded committee. Yeah. It, it, was, it was no guarantee he was even going to be that big of a, of, of a threat. And, and preseason kind of proved that he didn't really do a whole lot during preseason. So I think New England has plenty of support in that, in, in that backfield to uh, get the job done. They're not going to miss Jeremy Hill. And here's the, the, the weird thing about uh, – and, and they placed him on IR today, obviously. But uh, Jeremy Hill was such a great running back in, in uh, uh, Cincinnati. I, oh, absolutely. He, he was very solid. He wound up over basically overtaking Giovanni Bernard for the, uh, the starting role. And Bernard and him kind of went back and forth every now and then um, for that, that starting role. Uh, he's a second-rounder. He's a, he's a good runner. I'm surprised that that really Cincinnati let him go, um, but torn ACL out for the 2018 season. I think this affects New England in a way. You know, I, I think they've got they've got Rex Burkhead, which is fine. Um, but is Rex Burkhead a, an elite runner in this league? No, probably not. Um, is he the kind of guy that you're going to rally your team around? Probably not. But New England doesn't doesn't have a doesn't go the route of having a back that they rally behind. They they have a, such a committee every year. And then it seems that way. Um, and, and they've gotten away with it for a long time. I think Tom Brady is going to really. I mean, they still have James White. They've got the first round draft pick, Sony Michael. They've got Jeremy Hill, who's out now. And then you got you got Rex Burkhead. So Bur- Sony Michael's hurt still. We we know that. We got James White, who who's you know, kind of the guy sitting behind Burkhead. White is kind of a change of pace guy. So, to me, um, I mean, if it was me, I mean, Re- uh, the people keep talking about Rex Burkhead and how good he is. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I don't see anything spectacular when it comes to Rex Burkhead. He had sixty nine yards total. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see him as a number one rusher. Uh, I don't see James White as a number one. So, I mean, that leaves you with Sony Michael. And does Sony Michael wind up panning out as a number one rusher? You picked him in the first round. Tyler, do you think when Sonny Michael comes back from injury, that he, does he overtake Rex Burkhead? Does he take over that number one spot? I think he does. I, I think this is a guy they want to rally behind. And I think so. If the best chance of a back to succeed and, and be the number one guy and be counted on, Sonny Michael's that guy. Sonny Michael. So, you now here's the, the other big question Sonny Michael's still hurt. Um, he's sitting. He's sitting in the injured injured zone here. Um, he was inactive this Sunday. Um, he's bouncing back. He had a knee procedure in the off season. Do you feel if Sony Michael comes back in week two, that Sony Michael comes back and 
breaks a thousand yards if he does wind up as the number one rusher in New England? He doesn't break a thousand. Um, I I am not confident that New England back will. I, I believe that Belichick runs the system the way he does for a reason, and you're not going to have a, a guy play consistent enough to to break that number. Nah. See, I, and and I I agree with you. I don't believe Sony Michael does it, but I I was pretty pretty impressed um, with with actually the fact that even Rex Burkhead got close to seventy yards. Um, so I. I, honestly, I think Sony Michael comes back, but I don't. I think he sits behind Rex Burkhead, and that's quite possible. I think he does. I think. But I, think I, I, th- I think Michael comes out and wins that. Jo- wins that. Jo- well, wins the job the best you can in, in, in that in that system. Yes. Now, um, speaking of New England, so while we're on the Patriots, so we had a very controversial issue here, and and it's just typical New England football here. This is this is nothing new. We've seen our fair share of New England Patriots controversies. We've seen Deflategate, we've seen Spygate, we've seen, God, what else? Um, but now we're in a situation where the New England Patriots, uh, we, had a, we had a call that, that um, so Gronkowski catches a pass, they review the play, New York doesn't get to um, the play review quickly enough, and the New England Patriots wind up Essentially, getting a, a what was a twenty three yard pass to Rob Gronkowski called in their favor. That was definitely not a catch. Um, it, I, these are the types of things that that for me, for for the longest time, have really weighed on on the. Uh, I guess you could say uh, legacy of guys like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. How how badly? I mean, this one I don't think. But but is this Tyler? Is this typical New England? We'll start with that. Welcome to Rutgers. Yeah, it's, that's where we're getting to. I mean, it's it's typical New England at this point. I mean, like we we keep seeing these these calls go in their favor. It happens all the freaking time, and and that one actually wound up leading to them uh, going into the the, the uh, halftime. What twenty one to six at that point? I mean. And, and I don't want to spend too much time on, on, on talking about this one. Just so I don't I don't want either one of us to come off as, as whining because it's definitely not what not what we're trying to do. But it it is a peculiar case and uh, it, it it's interesting. I was I was waiting for this moment where we were having a hard time getting getting a play reviewed by New York. You know what I'm saying? They they send the play to New York and and whoever's sitting there, you know, some some nerd is sitting there with a computer in front of his face. And and that guy is over there going, well, I don't know, he seems like a good play. But in the end of the day, at the end of the day, you know, like we were waiting for this moment, and we somehow I just knew that this play wasn't going to get reviewed at the right time, specifically for the New England Patriots, just because it's the New England Patriots, and they have everything under the sun go their way, and we have every single rule under the sun, you know alter itself so that it benefits the New England Patriots. And we have things like Spygate, and we have things like Deflategate. And we, I mean, at what point do do we start going, hey, there's something weird going on here? You know, I mean, it's, I, I just, I'm so tired of this whole thing. Um, to me, I mean, the, the play definitely wasn't a catch. Uh, I mean, we... Oh, no, without a doubt. Any, anybody who with, with eyes could have said that that wasn't a catch. Um, but 
here we are. New England gets a catch. They go into halftime. So how much is this going to alter the review policy in the NFL? It's going to go untalked about. You think so? You think it's going to just go swept under the rug? Yeah, I do. Really? Why? Because the review system has been going quote-unquote strong for the last couple seasons. Flawlessly, quote-unquote? Yes. Yeah. Strong, quote unquote, and I and I and I don't think uh, people are talking about it. But I don't think it's going to turn into that big of a thing. Mm. Um, but I, I think it should. And does it happen again through the end of the year? I mean, does this does this occur again? Do you do you think that that we're going to have this issue? You know, coming into the end of the year, do you think that the the New England Patriots or any other team really are going to have a trouble having are going to be having trouble getting the the review back from New York? There has to be some sort of rule where the referees say, hey, that play's under review. We're stopping the play. We're stopping the, the game time and, now. And see, that's kind of where I'm at on this one. Is, I mean, is this is this more of a referee issue than, than something? I, I think it is. I And and, and I'm not going to – I'm with um, the reviewing um, – the plays and, like, what's a catch. Now, all that kind of craziness is, is to, to be in debate for days. But I think in this case – and, this, and, this one could be a one-off. Yeah, and the NFL has it has been very. Um, it's been a lot more uh, drawn out on what is actually a catch. We we were disputing all last year about what is completing the process and what is actually a catch in the NFL. And and now like the, the NFL has defined officially like, hey, this is a catch. This is not. Okay. Have a nice day. Well, I mean they they've been pretty uh, much more clear about it. I yeah. Think. And and we we really didn't have a lot of whole we didn't have any of those completing the process type of calls um, this past week, especially moving into week one, which is promising. You know, and that's that that puts a big smile on my face. Oh, for sure. But but kind of going back to this though, I, I think it's possible this was a one off. I think it just could have been negligence on the referees or New York's end. It just it just kind of slipped. Yep, the referees need to stop the play. Stop playing the play of the game, and and New York needs to get their life together and start calling the calling the games. I don't know if if you know whatever nerd was watching it in mom's basement was sitting there just you know watching you know some type of dirty video or what. But I mean, come on, man, pay attention. We got football going on. It's week one. Let's get it together. So um, with that, we've got uh, more fun stuff out of the AFC. Um, Let's talk Buffalo. <laughs> Let's talk Buffalo. Um, this game, based on what end of it you were watching, um, from my end was just fun to watch. Just, I, I mean, from your end, just yeah. A decimating beatdown. Oh, but what's wrong with this team? That I, I well, for first of all, I mean, we were calling this weeks ago. We we knew that Peterman coming in was just going to be a mess. We knew it. We we watched that guy. What he threw? What five interceptions in a quarter? I mean, like we knew this guy was a bad quarterback. We knew this guy wasn't a starter in the NFL. Yet here we are, sitting in Week One, watching Nate Peterman trot onto the field. I'm going to be the starter. Josh Allen should have been the starter moving into this football game. And Josh Allen didn't perform much better than Peterman, but at least Josh Allen, you know, put up started. I mean, for the the brief period he was in there, he put up like at least a. a some semblance of a respectable football game. Yeah. Um. The so the the Ravens defense the starters come out 
just after the third quarter started a little bit, cut up 10 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And up to that point, the Bills have been were held to under 100 yards total offense right. through over a half of football. It was not good. No, and, and I mean, what, in the first quarter they had punted, what, seven times in the first quarter Something alone? Like that. It was just some ridiculous amount. I mean, like, at what point do you just start saying, I don't think Peter Ben's our guy. You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't think, don't think he's the guy. Pretty early on I mean, I had that feeling that, and, and here's the kicker about this whole thing. When, when we're sitting here, we're talking about Josh Allen and we're talking about, about Nate Peterman. The Buffalo Bills just came out with, with the news story today that head coach Sean McDermott has yet to decide on Monday whether or not the starting quarterback is going to be Nate Peterman or Josh Allen. My, my first question is, how high is Josh Mc, or Sean McDermott you know, to, to even think that this is a question. I mean, like, we should be having the NFL drug test him as of right now. <laughs> I, I think this is this is about the level we're at. Peterman should not be your starting quarterback. I mean, it's it's pretty freaking obvious. No, at this point, it's pretty clear. I mean, you, even though he's not quite ready, you need, you need to hand the ball to Josh Allen, let him, uh, let him see what he can do. He was picked in the first round. Let's see what happens. Yeah, he was picked in the first round. He's a first-round guy. This is – I just – I don't understand. You pick a guy in the first round in the NFL draft, I, you, you start him. You, you don't put the fifth-round guy out of uh, Tennessee that transferred over to Pittsburgh to be your your 2018 starter. I'm with you. You, you just don't. I mean, to me – Josh Allen goes in the first round, you put him in. That's what it is. Nate Peterman finished the game with a 27.8 completion percentage. Two interceptions and a 25.7 quarterback rating. But they're still considering putting him in again. (laughs) He almost had a better uh, completion percentage than his quarterback rating. Yeah. I mean, it's... This is crazy talk. Nate Peterman should not even be considered for the starting position. No. Josh Allen should be. Um, and and you know, the you know who got the brunt of this whole thing, who who should who really feels bad about themselves when they shouldn't, is the number. There's two guys. There's two. Well, I'm not going to say two guys. There's two groups. Um, number one is the Buffalo Bills defense. Should not feel bad at all with all of the opportunities that the Baltimore Ravens received offensively over and over and over and over and over again. The defense got tired. Yeah. Early. It's not even halftime yet. And they've, they've been out there longer than they should have played a whole game. Right. I mean, you, you put the, the – the, I mean, by the time the first, the first half happened, they were gassed. I mean, and, and, I mean, the poor Buffalo Bills defense – I mean, you gotta hope the offense holds on with the frickin' football. If you're gonna give a team seven to eight opportunities in the first quarter or the first half or whatever it was, even in the first half of a football game, by God, I hope they, they would score, you know, at least four touchdowns. I hope they would at least put up twenty points. I mean, you you something's gotta give in Buffalo. Josh Allen should be your starter for week one. And and the other guy that the the other one that, that received a, uh, a nasty rap for putting up 
bad numbers when he really didn't have a true opportunity. Everybody knew Nate Peterman couldn't throw the football. So why is LaShawn McCoy getting hammered on? LaShawn McCoy had a rough game. And yeah, he had a rough game because he had a crappy quarterback that couldn't throw the football. Period. That's why LaShawn McCoy keeps getting being given a hard time over this whole thing. No, I'm not, I'm not um, shitting on McCoy at all. McCoy is a very, very good back in this league. He's going to be. But he's going to struggle this year with the way that the, the, the guy behind center is going to be. It's going, to, it's going to be a rough year for this offense. It was nasty. And and poor LaShawn McCoy is over here. has been performing so well. And, and it's frustrating even for me. And I'm not even a Buffalo Bills fan. You know why? Because I drafted LaShawn McCoy in the first round. But I guess it's neither here nor there. LaShawn McCoy struggled yesterday. I mean, just mightily. And, um, and here we go. LaShawn McCoy is going to continue to struggle because guys like Nate Peterman are, are performing so poorly. And now, speaking of bad quarterback performances, we got to talk Sam Bradford. Um, <clears throat> now, he's better than Peterman. We'll give him that. Uh, 58% completion percentage, 153 yards. He threw a pick, no touchdowns yesterday, 57.6 quarterback rating. Um, Sam Bradford looked ugly yesterday. He finally, I mean, for the first time in, in like a week one outside of injuries, um, Sam Bradford just looked ugly. He looked like he couldn't play ball. Um, now, now, Tyler, is this the end of Sam Bradford? He's going to start again. I, I think he starts um, he again. He's a few more games, but... The- this first is game this, is clear to me that Rosen will be coming in. Yeah, is this the beginning of the end for Sam Bradford? Oh, hundred percent. This is the beginning of the end. Uh, to me, this is he. He he looks poorly to a to me and not a very great defense. Um, very bad cap. It's got to be bottom ten, right? Yep. Um, so I think it's it's, it's clear to me that Rosen will <clears> be coming in sooner rather than later, and Rosen's going to get a chance to see what he can do. And but with that, Cardinals are going to struggle for a while. But the Sam Bradford experience. And, Experience to me is a experiment. To me, is about to is, is on its way out. I think the Sam Bradford experience has been a bust. Uh, really, I mean, his entire NFL career has just been awful. Injuries and I mean, really, injuries are the biggest story in the Sam Bradford career. Guy can't stay healthy. Um, now he goes out in Week One with the Arizona Cardinals, craps the bed. I believe in Josh Rosen. I I believed in Josh Rosen. From the start, I told you and Josh when when Josh was here. I told Dylan when he was here. I believe in Josh Rosen. I believe Josh Rosen is the future of this team. I believe Josh Rosen is a better quarterback than Sam Bradford. I believe that Josh Rosen will prove to everybody that he is the starter of this football team. Sam Bradford gets released by the end of the year. I don't think any other team has any sort of interest in him after this. He'll, he'll get picked back up at a severely less contract. Um, well, I hurt. sure as hell hope so. $20 million is just <laughs> crazy talk for an injury-riddled quarterback. I mean, it's nuts. I don't understand how my, how you can get paid that much after getting injured all these times and not really doing anything. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Speaking of injuries, let's talk about injuries. Oh, boy. There, there, was, there was a few of them. And we'll start with Delaney Walker. Delaney. That one, that, that's going to be a season-ending injury here. Yeah, he's he's done ankle surgery. Um, I believe it's the same injury that DJ had. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, Delaney Walker had a a very very rough day. Uh, he had three receptions on the day, but then uh, ankle injury. 
out for the year. He'll have ankle surgery on it. Um, just a bad day for Tennessee all around. Delaney Walker was was their top offensive weapon. <clears throat> so I think that's as scary as it sounds as a ten, for for Tennessee. Does it? Does it? Is this a, a telling sign of how Tennessee's season is going to turn out? Yes, they lost. They lost to who I consider to be the worst team in the league, the Miami Dolphins. Really? Now, now Miami didn't look too bad. Do you think if Miami looks good next week, that they are, you know, still one of the most awful teams in the league? If they win next week, then no, they're not. But as far as my predictions, I believe we both had Miami just <clears throat> relatively poor. We had them on the bottom of the spectrum. I, I had them winning one game, and they're already there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, Miami's. Already proven they're going to be as bad of a team as, as I predicted them to be, but they're still going to be down there. But a win next week could put could mean they're going to, they're going to exceed both expectations. Yeah, and, and I'd actually be kind of excited if Miami did. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has looked a lot better than I expected him to. So I mean, we could see a, a kind of a turnaround out of Miami. I, I I mean, would I be surprised if they went like eight and eight? Yeah, probably. But I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised that that. Uh, uh, you know, they, they beat Tennessee, and, and especially a Tennessee team that made some moves in the offseason to improve their squad all around. So, I mean, it, that, that was a little bit surprising of a deal. But Delaney Walker is a huge, humongous loss for Tennessee. Uh, I mean, Mariota loses a weapon. I mean, ugh, ugh, things get ugly. I, I think this could be big news for Corey Davis fans, though, is uh... – they might look to him to start to pick up the load a little bit. He's going to have to. Yep. And uh, um, Mariota also wound up getting hurt during that game. Uh, Taylor Dewan also got hurt during that game. Um, I mean, it, it was just it was a nightmarish day. Um, mix that with the, with just the momentum buck killer all day of of delaying the game twice for lightning, both for multiple hours. Right. Um, I mean, Mariota, he, he injures his elbow, said he couldn't finger, feel his fingers after that. So so that that got nasty. Um, and, and it was really a, a, an interesting hit from William Hayes that should have been called, but um, he couldn't grip the ball at all. I mean, it was, it was a scary, scary shot. Um, yeah. He was intercepted on back-to-back throws after returning. I mean, this is this is going to be a scary season for the uh, the Titans if it continues. Uh, Mariota finishes nine for sixteen with one hundred and three, a thirty-six point two passer rating. Um, but I mean, can you really blame the guy? I mean, after a, a nasty hit like the one he he suffered, and it was a dirty play. Oh yeah, it was a dirty, dirty play. I I think this ends up being a rough season for the Titans. Yeah, he, and Delaney. Delaney not being there is just going to make it even harder. Blaine Gabbard did get to see some time, 11 for 22 for 117. But we all know Blaine Gabbard isn't isn't a starter in this league. My hope for the Titans is that uh, Mariota comes trotting back on the field. Um, but he we know that he'll be doing it without uh, Delaney Walker there. Now, um, <clears throat> speaking of injured tight ends, let's talk Greg Olson. Now, this one, if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't believe his is season-ending. Um, I'm not too close in the Panther situation, but this is a big loss, but it's not going to be a detrimental one. As they will get him back. Yeah, he re-injures his foot. Um, he, he leaves the game. They said they're going to lose him for a considerable amount of time. Ian Walker takes over for him. Um, he, he just, 
Injuries after injuries for Greg Olson. He's a great tight end. He's a great player. And, and uh, for an extended time, this is going to be a big loss for this team. Yep, he's, he's a big part of this offense. And and this without Greg Olson, this is not a team that 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 finishes the season uh, where either of us had them. Yeah, he was in a a walking boot after after the game. He was on crutches. I I mean, Olson is is one of the best tight ends in the game. Uh, he and it's a re-injury. It's not even injury. He it's a broken foot. Um, he, he injured it before, he injures it again. This is just a constant thing for Greg Olson, injured feet, breaking his foot. Um, I mean, as good as he is, uh, uh, I mean, this is going to really affect Carolina, but can Cam Newton uh, uh, prevail? Can Cam Newton uh, step up to the plate and be that guy that we've seen in the past uh, without Greg Olson? Tyler, is Cam Newton the guy? Cam Newton's still the guy. Um, I, I just think it's, he's going to have to put a lot more work in. His offense is going to put a lot more work in. Uh, I get I get the two rookies mixed up. Uh, in Carolina's DJ Moore. DJ Moore, yes. Um, I think DJ Moore is going to have to pick, pick it up because even, even when Olsen was there, they don't have a lot of receivers there. So th- that offense is going to struggle. Cam Newton's going to gonna have to have to put the work in. I think it's possible, but it's a very tough division to do that. Yep, and in this this division is arguably the most the most powerful division in football. And weirdly enough, right now, even though even though Greg Olson is down, um, you know the the Panthers still manage to go one and zero against Dallas, which which I think we all expected. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one and zero right now. Yeah, Saints and Falcons are sitting at the bottom, and they're sitting at the bottom at zero and one. Does that continue through the season? I, I think Saints turn it on a bit. I think I think Atlanta fixes things too. Um, Tampa Bay is, to me is not the team that that um that they were yesterday. I I think Fitzpatrick had a great performance. I don't think that's something that will continue through the season. I mean, it's it is a possibility. And and talking about uh, Fitzpatrick's performance, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Fitzpatrick with a... Where's this guy yeah, been for his whole career? Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, and we've seen this before. I mean, yeah. we, we've seen this. We saw it in Buffalo all those years ago. Um, he he, <laughs> he goes out and he has a, a what is essentially a record-setting day. Uh, 75% completions percentage, 417 yards, 156.3 passer rating, four touchdowns. Um, just an insane, insane game for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Comes out and balls out. Ah, wow, what a day for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, does this continue? Does d- does Jameis Winston still take Ryan Fitzpatrick's job? Say he goes through weeks one, two, three, and four. Does Jameis Winston take his job? Are we assuming that Fitzpatrick does this all four weeks? Yes. So he's the same exact stat line for four straight weeks. Uh, yes. Unfortunately, I think they bring in their their uh, their, their golden manager. goose they're there. They're going to bring in Winston, and and you're going to have a lot of angry fans. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be irritated. Um, and and we saw the same thing kind of in Minnesota a few years ago when you when you got to see uh, uh, Gus Farad come in and Dante Culpepper's absence and and light the world on fire. A few years ago. No, quite a, a number of years ago. But uh, we we got to see a lot of angry Vikings fans. Um, you know, and and uh, I mean, really, Fitzpatrick, a 35-year-old journeyman, comes in, sets the world on fire. He he hit a, a deep touchdown pass to Deshaun Jackson, 
Um, really, I haven't seen the Saints defense picked apart like this in a long time. Oh, oh, it, it stunned me. I don't know where this came from. I, I, I had a survival pool worth twenty thousand dollars. It was twenty dollars entry. I, I picked the Saints. Yeah, I thought they were going to, they were going to, they were going to demolish the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But it just did not happen. Yeah, and and it was just it was a scary, scary day. Um, I want to see if Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the the funny thing about it, and the interesting thing about it is, say Ryan Fitzpatrick goes and and wins that starting position. You know, we we saw Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Buffalo Bills uh, a few quite a number of years ago. I won't even say a few. About 5 or 6 years ago, he he went 8-0 with the Bills. Remember that? He went 8-0 with the Bills, got halfway through the season, and then he lost the last 8 right in a row and yeah. and missed the playoffs. I want to see if the the this Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out and and is is he a more mature Ryan Fitzpatrick? Is he in the twilight of his career? Does he have like this 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 uh, um, you know monster time? And a lot of people are even questioning right now after Week One, has Jameis Winston played his last game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? Too soon. Is I think it's too soon, but it could very well be. Ryan, uh, it, it, it definitely could, but I, I think the sample size is, is not there to make that determination. No, and I agree with you on that. But but people are are starting to raise their eyebrows a little bit. Then again, uh, Matt Flynn gets a massive contract from, from the um, Seahawks after after one good game against against the Lions. So, I mean, people make very weird, um, desperate decisions sometimes. So we'll see. Yes, it'll it'll it's going to be a scary scary thing in Tampa now. Moving on to the quarterback train, Jimmy Garoppolo. Suffers his first loss against my hometown boys, the Minnesota Vikings. Skull, skull, skull. Uh, Garoppolo with a, a just a rough game. Um, very tough. It's a game I predicted to happen. The Vikings are one of the easiest defenses in the league. I, I knew Jimmy was going to have a rough game. To me, this this wasn't a surprise. It, Jim, it happened the way I predicted it. Yeah, we, we both predicted the Vikings would. Uh, you know, it didn't exa- happen exactly how I would have predicted it. Uh, Jimmy G had, a, I mean... It, Really a bad game altogether. Fifteen for thirty-three. Um, so he finishes with a forty-five percent completion percentage, two hundred sixty-one yards, one touchdown versus three picks. He had a forty-five point one uh, quarterback rating. Uh, the Vikings defeat him twenty-four to sixteen. We were waiting for Jimmy Garoppolo to take on an elite defense, and that's what we keep talking about. Like I mean, the, his last eight games of the year, people say, "Oh, Jimmy G went eight zero. Great, he went eight 0 and that's that's something really special, but you know when your last eight games are against the cotton candy team here, you know we're we're, we're over here going well. I don't know if this eight no is for real. Jimmy G comes out, craps the bed in Minnesota. Minnesota just took control. I mean, picked him off three times. Rhodes got one. Rookie Mike Hughes got one. Uh, Harrison Smith got one. It, it was a, a wild day. Um, does how does this affect Jimmy Garoppolo moving forward? Does Jimmy Garoppolo continue this trend, or does Jimmy Garoppolo become uh, or come back from this in in a much bigger way? I think he settles down in in week two. He doesn't got to go up against his harsh of a defense. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to go let the world on fire. I'm still not sold on Jimmy G, but I think he settles down a little bit and, and plays better ball. But <coughs> I don't think I don't I. The, the days of Jimmy of him just not losing a game those those are finally behind him. Yeah, it's it's finally over. Um, but I, I think I think he'll do okay, but he's not gonna let the world on fire. Now let's say Jimmy G's he's set to take on the uh, the Detroit Lions this upcoming week. Um, I know we're gonna get to that. 
much weaker defense than the Minnesota Vikings. So I think he kind of turns it around a little bit more. But um, it Garoppolo facing that, does this if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan or or somebody, an executive, is this setting off alarms to you right now? No. Not at all. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No. Um now moving into halftime, I just want to point out that in halftime, when halftime rolled around, Jimmy Garoppolo had 134 yards and he was eight for twenty. That's ugly. Very ugly. That's ugly. He, he and he only Nate finished Peterman ugly there. Yeah, and he, he only finished two with two sixty one. So he had two really bad halves right in a row. He, he and he was basically on par with everything he was doing altogether. Um we were waiting for him to take on an elite defense. He did. The Vikings tore him up. I'm not surprised. So, um, last but not least, let's talk uh, a little veteran. Let's talk AP. AP had himself a game. Right? I'm eating my words right now. Yeah, AP, me too. Peterson, I apologize. I had you cut by week one, and you went out, and you wrecked. Yeah, he played you good wrecked. ball. You killed it. Um, he tops Jim Brown and, and Marshall Falk on the rushing list. He gets his 100th touchdown of his career. Um, I mean, wow. I mean, he, 53 yards in the first half on Sunday, and, and he had it. I mean, that was that was it. Um, he had himself a game. He had a rushing touchdown in the second quarter. Um, is AP back? Is he, is he back, and is he large and in charge? AP's back. AP's back. I, I think he is. Um, he had he had over ninety yards. He he didn't break that hundred that we're so used to him seeing or used to seeing from him. But uh, he had what ninety three yards, a touchdown. I mean, AP played some good ball yesterday. He he didn't do bad. I mean, we we were sitting there saying Adrian Peterson isn't going to be uh, the guy that we know from all those years ago. Twenty six attempts, ninety six yards, a touchdown. He had two receptions. He had a touchdown. I, I mean, the average wasn't up there. We'll, we'll say it that way. I mean, the average wasn't up as high as we're, we normally expect out of Adrian Peterson. But 96 yards and a touchdown. Still put up some numbers. Still Great did, some, still did something right. Um, I mean, if he were to go out and, and – now say Adrian Peterson were to put up 110 on those 26 carries, I think we'd be singing a different two. You know, so I mean, it's – Adrian Peterson is back. He's large and in charge. And I, I think the uh, – does Adrian Peterson – well, I'll ask the question. Does Adrian Peterson last and, – and we will also point out, I, I just want to say this. Um, he had 96 yards, but he would have had of over 140 last game. And the only reason that he didn't have over 140 is that he fumbled on a 52-yard game. And the Cardinals recovered it. So, is Adrian Peter? Well, those yards still count. Those, well, not after a fumble on the play. You fumble the ball, you don't get that yardage. I thought you did. Mm-mm, that's only on pass plays. So, Adrian Peterson fumbles after a 52-yard gain. The Cardinals recover. So, does is Adrian Peterson for real? Is he back for real? I think he is. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think he is. I mean, I mean, obviously not to not to in his prime, but I think Adrian Peterson is going to play good ball this year. Yep. Does he break a thousand? I'm going to say no. No, I'm going to say yes. Adrian Peterson breaks a thousand yards this year. That's that's my my uh, 
goal here. I, I think Adrian Peterson breaks a thousand. I, I believe that he shows everybody and reminds everybody why he is one of the greatest running backs in the history of this league. Um, and I don't think anybody can dispute that um, with with everything going on. So um, now with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take ourselves a quick break. Um, and we will be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. We're going to go over the upcoming games. And then we've got our special main event. We're back. We're back with the main event. So we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. Welcome back to the Outside Blitz right here on Tob uh, with the uh, the Tobacious. Tyler, do you see that? I'm making up adjectives now. Doesn't it sound like fun? Oh, great. Yeah, it's a great time. I, I was just too lazy to, to think of a new adjective. The uh, terrific Tyler Dean. Um, we are here large and in charge. And uh, Tyler, it's ready for, for, are you ready for something fun? It's time for something fun. You ready? It's always fun. It's always fun. It's very fun. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for uh, what we like to call Tyler's Top Ten. There were a lot of good performances in Equine. Very good performances. A lot of good ones. It's hard to really fault any, so it's hard to really pick ten. Yes, yes. There were, there were some very good performances. I was impressed with a lot of them. Um, I'm, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty stoked. Pretty stoked about this one. Me too. We'll just jump right into it. Number 10, I cheated. You cheated? I cheated. What do you mean you cheated? Number 10 is the entire Baltimore Ravens defense. Well, really? Yes. You know, well, and you know what? I, I feel like you cheated. Well, it's kind of cheating and it's kind of not, but I feel like you cheated just because of the fact that it was you and, and you like the Baltimore Ravens. So the reason why the Ravens are here is uh, if you take a look at the, the defensive stats before the starters got pulled out, they held Bill's offense to a, a, a abysmal under 100 yards total offense. Nobody could get the go, get the ball moving, and I believe even even at the end of the game, it still was it was still well under 200. And 
the, the Bills' offense could not do anything in the air, on the ground. They, they, were, they, they had no answers. Nothing. They had absolutely nothing. Um, the Bills played miserably on offense. Nate Peterman obviously couldn't get anything going. Um, just a rough day. A rough, rough day. The first day. quarter was three and out. Three and out. Three and out. Three yeah. And out. They had no – it took them over half the first quarter just to have a positive play. And I don't know if – their first first down came pretty heavily too. I, I think they, the at a certain point the Baltimore Ravens realized that Nate Peterman wasn't worth squat. I, I think that's that's what it was. And, um, you know – I think it's pretty, very, pretty clear that uh, it's pretty clear that that Nate Peterman isn't the starter over there, and and I think it's pretty clear that the Baltimore Ravens defense really had it made in the shade for the entire rest of the day. Oh yeah, they, they really did. You you got done with the first quarter, Peterman struggled. You got done with the second quarter, Peterman struggled. Allen really he fared well in that brief period of time that he was in than Peterman did for a majority of the game. So. I, Josh Allen should be the starter of the Buffalo Bills. I think that's more the story here. I think the Baltimore Ravens, they had a good defense. They, they had a good performance. I'm actually more excited um, to see how they're going to perform against a, a division match on Thursday. Yeah, a higher octane offense, you could say. Somebody that, that really knows how to jam. Oh, no, I agree 100%, but the performance was still there. It, it was. It was. I'll, I'll hand it to him. I'll, I'll hand it to him right now. But I, I do want to see how it goes going forward. Yes. Yeah, I, I want to see you know how they're going to perform. It's very similar to, to the Jimmy G situation. I want to see how he's going to perform against elite defenses. I want to see how they're going to perform against elite offenses. But the thing is, though, and, and we'll, end, we'll end here on this, is we, we already know that Ravens have a very, very good defense. So, yeah. so a performance like this isn't isn't something that's surprise. I mean, a performance this bad should surprise anybody. No. But, but a performance like this is something that Ravens are capable of doing. They did it last year in the opening against the Bengals. Yeah. So it, it's there. Um, I want to see... If the Baltimore Ravens are going to show up and take on, like, say, the New England Patriots, and be monsters, for sure. I do. Do you really think the Baltimore Ravens are going to perform the way they did this week against, say, New England? Probably not. No, this type of performance. Um, I I doubt they had this type of performance if they face the Bills again next week. This is a performance that's hard to repeat. Yeah, it's hard to repeat. But is it is it hard to repeat? Or is it is it a situation where it's hard to repeat Nate Peterman being that bad? I think Nate Peterman has it three times a game if, if he replays the game eight eight times. <laughs> you don't do much worse. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what else to say about this other than, you know, the Baltimore Ravens. Can I hand it to him? Sure. Um, but you were taking on Peterman. So I mean it's just it, good. I, I think you have them right at the spot where they're at. Top ten, sure. I think they're number ten. Yeah, they don't go beyond that, especially because of the the caliber of offense they were taking on. Number nine. What are you eating over there? For God's sake. Got a lifesaver. A lifesaver. Really? On the air, you got a lifesaver in your mouth. Do you have? You know, you, speech class. Speech class. They always tell you don't chew gum. Don't have crap in your mouth. And and you're sitting here with a freaking. I hear this thing clacking around in my ears. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on over there? This guy's got a lifesaver in his mouth. I mean, I, I mean, if it was something beneficial like a cough drop, I could see. But you're, you've got like a, a lifesaver, really? 
Well, it sounds like you could use a cough drop. What is it, an amateur hour over here? I, I mean, I could use a cough drop. <laughs> is it an amateur hour over here? Come on now. Come on. Okay, number nine, <laughs> TJ Watt. TJ Watt. TJ Watt, Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm -hmm. He had a four-sack outing yesterday. Yep, good That's game. Probably one of, the, one, of the, one of the shining stars of what happened in that Steelers-Browns game is he – he, he, he put down Tyrod Taylor four times. Yeah, and Tyrod is a, a very mobile quarterback, and, and we got to see Tyrod get a little mobile, 70, over 70 yards for, uh, rushing on the day. Now, it, it showed that Tyrod had to get out there a little bit. Um, he had to, to start moving a little bit um, because Watt was applying so much pressure. Um, impressive outing for him, getting Tyrod four times, especially a mobile quarterback, um, flushing him out of the pocket. Had he not done that, I don't know that the Pittsburgh Steelers would have won this football game. Really, really. I agree. And and um, kudos to T.J. Watt. I, I'm I'm with you there. 110 percent, great, great game um, for him. I'm I'm all about T.J. Watt. I like him a lot. Number eight, James Conner. Conner, man, he had um, one of those games where I, we talked about him earlier. Just a monster game. Loved what he did and uh, loved what Pittsburgh managed to, to pull out of him in the absence of Le'Veon Bell with everything going on with that, that uh, contract issue. I loved this, and, and I loved seeing James Conner going, you know what? You don't want to sign your contract? Fine. I'll be happy to come in here and be the number one rusher that you refuse to be. And, and James Conner performed at a high, high level. He's going to continue to perform at a high level as far as I'm concerned for the rest of the year. I want to see what happens when he takes on a team that has a, a stronger off, or a defensive line, but I believe that he continues performing uh, this way and could potentially lead, lead the league in rushing if he keeps going at this pace. Now, here's the reason why I didn't have him higher. He had 135 yards and two touchdowns. Great, great performance. And I'm my inner Scott's coming out here. Mm -hmm. I see 31 carries. Um, and using, using your reference to Latavius Murray when he was in Oakland, you have 30-plus carries. I expect you to get 100 yards. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I expect you to get a, a, over 100 yards. 130, I don't know about all that, but 130, yeah, I mean, he had a His lot of carries. average was, was under four. Yeah, he had a lot of carries. I mean, this is very um, very Latavius Murray-like. I remember when Latavius Murray broke over 1,000, and, and we were all talking about Latavius Murray breaking over 1,000, and then you got Connor coming in and, and uh, breaking 130, and he had, what, 31 attempts. So, I mean, I, I can see what you're saying, absolutely. Um, but Le'Veon Bell, uh, and, and I, I would have to go and, and look back at his attempts. Um, They're high 20s. Yeah, I mean, so we're, we're in that ballpark. Yeah. We're, we're in that ballpark. I, I mean, let's let's just, let's face that. You know, we're, we're in the ballpark of that, of, of what Latavius uh, used to do on a game-to-game -game basis. Um does Connor perform at this level? Does he continue to perform? I think so. I think he, he continues to perform at that level. It's definitely a wait and see. I think he'll continue to, to, have, to play positive, but I think this will be one of his better games. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, he, he's a good runner. He's definitely a good runner. I mean, Le'Veon, I mean, let's, uh, we, we did see Le'Veon get 32 attempts. We did see Le'Veon get 35 attempts, 134. Um, you know, Le'Veon was getting, you know, 10 attempts, 27 attempts. Uh, 25 attempts, but all those times that he was getting those 25, 27 attempts, he was only hitting 87 yards, 76 yards, 
Um, but every time he got over 30 attempts, he was getting 144, 179, 134. And, and only one game did he break 100 yards last year where he had under 30 attempts. So I think that that speaks volumes about, about how the, uh, um, how the uh, Steelers like to run the football. You're right. You're right. Going to number seven. We lost count. Really? We you lost count like, on your I, own top ten. I started um, changing things around so I can count my numbers a little back, back up. You get your life together here, Tyler. Number seven. Come on. Saquon Barkley. Saquon. Um, now, he is above Connor for a very similar reason. He had 106 yards of the touchdown, but almost half as many carries. Yeah. Barkley was on fire. He had a great game. Um, and, and really, with a, a New York Giants defense, or offense rather, that didn't do much else. Um showed why he, he got drafted in the first round, showed why he was uh, uh, worth the time. He had a big, long touchdown in that game. I, I like Saquon. Uh, he, he's going to be we, – we were talking about how Saquon Barkley was a guy to watch and how he was going to be a, a, a monster moving into this league. Um, that, that long run went for 68 yards, 18 attempts, 106. He had a touchdown. He had two receptions on top of it. I like Saquon Barkley. Great performance. I was impressed. Um, just good ball all around. Good ball. Great first out for Barkley there. It was really good to see. It's going to be the shining star of this Giants offense. And I think he opens up a lot more things for Eli Manning moving forward. I mean, he's, he's going to be something. Uh, I mean, back in college, he had 1,195 receiving yards. We know he can catch out of the backfield. I think he opens things up for Eli in the receiving game. Number six, Khalil Mack. Khalil. Now, if if you purely just look at the stat sheet, it's it's going to show a very good performance, but it's not really going to really define everything that Khalil Mack did in this game. He was a monster. He had the pick six. He had the sack, but he disrupted this offense. Mm -hmm. Complete disruption. Pick six, sack, recovered fumble, and just, I mean, every time he was in there, you saw the pocket collapsing around Aaron Rodgers in a way where Rodgers didn't know which way was up. And that's something you don't really see out of Aaron Rodgers, is, is him not knowing what to do in a certain situation. He doesn't get razzled easy. No, and, and the pocket, I mean, the first three plays I saw Khalil Mack out there, Aaron Rodgers was just shaken up. I mean, he had no idea what he was doing. The pocket was collapsing right off of that, that for him, the right-hand side. He, Mack was just, I mean, and, and really he was bull-rushing the the offensive lineman and just crowning him right back into to Rodgers. He had nothing. He had nothing. And and Khalil Mack was just I mean outright impressive. He was a dominant force. So impressive. I loved watching Khalil Mack on the field last night. Going to the top five. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. 37 for 45, 439 yards and three touchdowns. This one went under the radar. It really did. But th this is a very common Drew Brees performance. He, he puts up the yards. He has the accuracy. He, he continues to does this <coughs> as he gets in the back of his career. And it, it's still amazing to watch. Yep. 82% accuracy rating, 439 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 129.5 quarterback rating. Um, almost really brought this thing back for, for Saints uh, victory yeah. here. I mean, I, I mean, at one point we were looking going, wow, Tampa is just – Shellacking the Saints right now, and we we couldn't believe it. And Drew Brees almost brought him back into the game, and you got to be impressed with with Drew Brees and and how versatile he is as a quarterback, um, and how prolific he is. He he just has a tremendous arm. 
Um, and he's got a tremendous knack for the game. And, and I mean, he'll, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, no doubt. But to watch him in the what is arguably the twilight of his career right now, just hammering it out um, against a, a team like, um, let's face it, the Bucks weren't anything special, we believed, going into the season. But to come back from that level of a deficit, I think that says a lot and says a lot about Drew Brees. Oh, 100%. Number four, these next three are hard for me to rank, but um, they're there for different. Well, a couple of them are there for different, different reasons. We'll start with Michael Thomas. Mm. Michael Thomas, 16 receptions Woo! for 180 yards and, and a touchdown. And yeah, the 180 yards is big, and the touchdowns there. The, 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 the guys above him have, have two touchdowns. But I'm looking at the receptions. This is a guy that Drew Brees trusts. Drew Brees loves Michael Thomas. He loves to hit him uh, anywhere and everywhere over the field. Um, Love it. I think Michael Thomas last year, he showed that he was he is the number one there. I don't think anybody can dispute that. I don't think anybody can argue it. Um, and, and the fact that you get open that many times, I, I, I think that says something. You got open 16 times. And it, they weren't like they were paltry. You know, it wasn't like it was like a paltry little reception here and there. His long was 35 yards. He had 180 yards worth of receptions. And... And let's just put this in perspective. Um, for, for those who don't really watch the receptions versus targets thing, 16 is a lot for targets. Yep. But he had 16 receptions, so I don't even know how many targets he had. I'm sure we could look it up. I'm sure we could pull that up. They had to be at least 18, 19. Yeah, and, and one, I, I think you have him in the right spot, though, and here's why. The, I'm looking through this whole stat line. The one stat that really stood out to me was the one fumble. Yeah, he does have the one fumble, um, and and I, I think that's that kind of – moves him down the line because we did get to see some great performances and and I'm trusting by your one through three here that that you've got him basically in the right spot. Speaking of the top three. That that three. lifesaver is still driving me crazy. <laughs> you're, you're driving me nuts, Tyler. I'm going to yell at you for that lifesaver. Number three, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. There's a name we haven't heard in a and hot this second. This is more of a boom, a boom guy. Only five receptions, 146 yards, two touchdowns. Yep, hitting Pater twice. Uh, you know, I, I like this just because of the fact that, that Deshaun Jackson, he's always been a big play guy. Um, you never really got a ton of receptions out of Deshaun. But you, every time you did get a big reception out of Deshaun, he's always been like that vertical receiver. Every time you did get a big reception out of him, you know, it was a, a touchdown and it was big yardage. And, and, you know, it was something huge. His long was 58 yards on the day. I mean, he had a, a great day. He helped Ryan Fitzpatrick into that that record-setting day. Um, he he's eating it up. I mean, I I love Deshaun Jackson. I, I love what he's doing. Um, the speed hasn't really gone away like they no, it like it normally does when you start hitting your thirties. Deshaun Jackson still has stayed as speedy as he was five six years ago. So I want to see what Deshaun Jackson does um, in moving forward if he's going to continue being that number one guy for Fitzpatrick. Um, but he's not. He, but he he really wasn't. Yeah, he, he technically he wasn't. But I, I, I mean, yardage wise, I think he kind of was. We, he was two receptions shy and one yard shy. Mike Evans. One, one yard shy. But um, Mike Evans was just missed my list only because of the touchdown. Deshaun is here because of that second touchdown. Mike Evans missed your list. Unfortunately, I mean, he missed your list. How does Mike Evans miss your list? I gave the edge to Deshaun because he scoring is what helped this Camp Bay team get put him over the top. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I I like Mike Evans. I, I thought he had a hell of a oh, game. I love Mike Evans. 
Mike Evans had a hell of a game, and and he went out and put up 147 yards and one touch. So one touchdown is what what completely altered this whole thing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But that's that's just to say how many great performances there were this week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mike Evans was was outstanding this week. But anyhow, Tyler, give me your number two. Number two, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek! Seven receptions, 169 yards, two touchdowns. I'm amazed that he's your number two. You thought he'd be one? I think he should. And the guy was a monster. He had two He had two receiving touchdowns, but he also had a rushing touchdown. He actually did not. He did not? Excuse me. Tyreek Hill did not have a rushing touchdown? If you can correct me, I, I, will, I will move him up the list, but I'm pretty sure he did not have a rushing touchdown. Tyreek Hill... Tyreek Hill. Where are you, Tyreek Hill? He plays for the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm just looking at his stats. Need to calm down. Golly. Okay. Tyreek Hill rushing. You are correct. He didn't have a touchdown. Um He had a hell of a game though. But a monster game, and he was he was there every every time that he was he was called upon by uh, Mahomes. Mahomes, as you can had a very quiet, great game himself. Mm, Mahomes, I mean, nobody expected him to have that kind of game. Um, Tyreek Hill showed why he's the number one. Uh, 169 yards, seven touchdowns, two tu- or seven, seven receptions, two touchdowns. Um, 58 was his long. He, what a game. What a game. I mean, when's the last time we've – I mean, I, I like Tyreek Hill, but we don't often hear about Tyreek Hill a whole lot. We, we don't hear about his big games a whole lot anymore. No, you don't. We haven't for the last, I mean, really, he, he suffered an injury a while back, and this is the first huge game that we've really heard about when it came to Tyreek Hill well, ever since his breakout season. Wasn't he, a, this is his second year or third year? Third, uh, year? third year. I mean, he had the injury, and, and we haven't heard much from him, and and uh, that injury came late in his first year. and, and uh, He had a good season last year. He had a good season, but nobody was really chatting about him like we are now. Um, we look at the game he had, and uh, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with with the game he had. He was running, he was passing, he was or he was running, he was receiving, he was getting touchdowns, he was getting in the end zone, he was faking out runners. I mean, it was it was impressive. Twenty four yard average. That's that's something to behold right there. Every time he got the ball, he was doing something special. Oh yeah, uh, five plays of twenty plus yards, um, one play of forty plus yards. Um, six first downs. I, I mean, it's it's something to behold. I'm I'm excited for Tyreek Hill. I want to see what else he does. So going number one, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna back up to Drew Brees really quick. Drew Brees is the is the master of the five thousand yard season. He is a quarterback who, who throws the ball. Mm-hmm. He gets the job done. Yes. He went thirty seven forty five and his four hundred thirty nine yards. And I think you know I'm getting getting that with this. Oh God. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Jesus did Christ. the same thing. Throwing the ball almost half as much. He went 21 for 28, 417 yards now, and four touchdowns. How much of that, can I ask, is a testament to how good the receiving core is down there in in Tampa? Oh, considering that that um he had a hundred a hundred and ninety yards of his passing was between two guys and only on twelve receptions? Yes. Oh no, there, a lot of it is two two, but right but he had a very great um QBR, very great uh, uh, pass percentage. Ryan Fitzpatrick was the game manager, got the job done. He was a 417 game. yards, kept up kept up Drew Brees, had more touchdowns than Drew Brees. He, he, Ryan Fitzpatrick had himself a game. I, I mean, he did, and, and it's exciting. 
I'm glad he had the game that he did. But one one big thing is is that I just I want to point out is is the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick had the benefit of Mike Evans and had the benefit of of Deshaun Jackson on that field, and and those guys happen to account for 280 yards of his receiving on the day. Oh, actually, it was it was about you know what was that? 290. 290. I mean, 300 yards receiving. On the day, so I mean, can you can you credit Ryan Fitzpatrick? And yeah, maybe he delivered the ball, so I I can't really say he was garbage. At the same time, I don't know that I would place him number one, but I understand why you did. I think I think I would flip flop Hill and and uh, Fitzpatrick there, but maybe that's just me. And that's fair. Yeah, I I think that's very fair. Now uh, you're gonna do your thing. Do what thing? You're gonna do your thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. You're gonna no, do your I thing don't. Where you take five more top performances. And put your your spin on it. But I am going to put a, an interesting spin on this one. Are you ready for this one, <clears throat> Tyler? I'm not going to do Freytown's Forgotten Five today. I don't believe you. I'm not doing Freytown's Forgotten Five because I'm doing Freytown's Forgotten Five. How is this any different? It's forgetful five. It's the poorest performances of the week. Um, you did the ten best. I'm doing the five worst. Oh, boy. Yeah, the five worst. I figured, hey, what the hell. I'll just change it up and get a little crazy. Did you put Nate Peterman there five times? Uh, I feel like I should have. But um, I'm going to give you Freytown's Forgetful Five, and and we're going to have ourselves a little fun um, at their expense. Number five, I'm going with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G had a bad performance this week. It was horrible. Um, Jimmy G goes out there. I mean, by halftime, he went eight for 20 for 137. It was, um, the Vikings just dominated him three interceptions. He only threw one touchdown. Um, Jimmy G should be ashamed at this performance. Really? It was, it was a bad outing. Um, I mean, just dominated by, by the first elite defense that he ran into. Um, I, I think this proves that Jimmy G isn't for real. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I think it's definitely a big red flag to San Fran saying, oh, oh, maybe we may have spent too much money on this guy. Yeah. But I, I think he can turn around. It, it could have been first game jitters. It could have been first time running into that great of defense. And I, he could settle down, but I, I think it is kind of a red flag. It is. And and it's scary to to think like, oh, man, our team was a, a playoff caliber team for a long time. And now they kind of... You know, or not really a long time, but they were a playoff caliber team last season after winning eight games. Oh, yeah, look at us. We're so great. And and people have been talking about it all offseason. We've been hearing it all offseason. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the future of the, the 49ers. And, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is – I mean, I heard it as far as Jimmy Garoppolo is the second coming of Joe Montana or Steve Young. That got really shown to the door at, at this in this game. So, I mean, the Vikings pick him off three times, including one from uh, – the rookie Mike Hughes, um, Harrison Smith, and Xavier Rhodes gets the other ones. I, I mean, they picked him apart this game. Uh, so Jimmy G got to, to see some hard times. Um, number four on the forgetful five. I'm this, now these two are co-winners, so I'm gonna have, of number four. Um, so you have six total. I technically I have okay. uh, technically I do. Well, technically it's yeah. But I, I'm gonna they're co-winners of number four because I'm going with the kickers in the Cleveland and Pittsburgh game. 
I'm going with Zane Gonzalez and Chris Boswell. I'm actually going to um, take one of these guys off your list for you. What's that? I think you put Chris Boswell on there. Chris Boswell missed a very, very makeable kick. Um, for in, for Browns, I'm not going to fault the kicker for a blocked field goal. But but I am I'm going to fault them because of the fact that that we're we're in a situation where you know you can put this game away and one gets blocked, one gets missed. I mean it's just a big mess. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say the both kickers are are to blame for for their respective teams' losses. Um, shame 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 shame. For that I one. almost think Big Ben's to blame a little bit. The interceptions is not great, but but that's, that's me. Yeah, I well, I mean, but when the game is on the line, who do you rely on? I mean, I feel like most agents are quarterbacks still. So. Well, when the game's on the line and you're at the 30-yard line and it's fourth down, right? It's fourth down, you're at the 30-yard line, get ready to do what? Kick a field goal. I mean, that, that was what was going on. They wanted to take this one home and... Uh, uh, Ultimately, Gonzalez loses the opportunity to, to give the, the uh, uh, Cleveland Browns their first victory and, and dance off the field. Um, Boswell, I mean, basically allows the, the Cleveland Browns to get a tie and break the losing streak in a way. Um, just, just horrible. Just horrible. I, I blame both of them. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm, I'm with you that we can bl- blame Boswell more than Gonzalez, but at the same time, Kick those damn field goals. Now, moving to number three, I've got the New Orleans Saints defense. Yes, yes, yes. The New Orleans Saints defense give up 48 points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were slated to just get demolished in this game. The Saints defense just performed horribly on every level. And you know you know, what, you know what sucks about doing the podcast? What's that? That gets uh, recorded and put out every week. What's that? Is... Uh, Memory. Yep. Um, if I'm not mistaken, number one on Frank Town's Forgotten Five for defenses mm-hmm. was the Saints. Yes, and, and I had the Saints listed high. I, I don't think they were number one, but they were they listed. Were, because, because we ended it with my number one versus your number one, Ramsey versus Lever. Oh, that's correct. And and you know what? I, the the Saints, uh, uh, they, they, were, they did poorly. Uh, they did poorly. Um, and Tyler's flashing the paper at me right now. I, d- I don't remember that far back, but I do now. Um, you can't give up 500 yards in a football game. No. And, and expect to win a football game. I mean, they gave up more than 500, uh, 500 yards. Um, the Bucks really dominated this game. I can't believe what I saw. Um, and from Ryan Fitzpatrick, of all people. I mean, that's that's got to hurt it even worse because it was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, do you not have Tampa Bay's defense on this list only because Tampa Bay is known for not a great defense? That, that's one of my things. I, I think everybody the, – the, the reason I think that, that every, I, I left, him off, left them off there is because Tampa Bay right now isn't known for having a great defense. And Tampa Bay right now is still kind of rebuilding their defense. So I, I think the Saints defense should be spanked a lot more because the Saints defense actually wasn't that bad. For a while. But I think they both deserve to be here. I, I, they do and they don't, just based on, on I, I mean, expectation versus reality. You in, know, In that sense, I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? The expectation of the New Orleans Saints defense was much higher than what we had of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was just miserable too, but we expected them to be miserable. Uh, New Orleans getting 48 put on them and getting the most points in, during the week put on them. Uh, 
I do. I wasn't expecting that, especially uh, not against Tampa. Now, moving into number two, I'm going to go with Sam Bradford. Um, horrible showing, horrible game. Um, just got spanked against the Redskins this week. Uh, 57.6 quarterback rating, 153 yards and a pick, uh, 58% completion percentage. Sam Bradford did not perform uh, in this year's week one like we saw him perform in last year's week one. Um, just awful. Awful, awful, awful play by him. Um, a lot of people were calling for his head already. Josh Rosen is being called. Um, what do you think, Tyler? I think when we talked about this earlier, we, we touched on it. I, th- I think Rosen's coming. I think Bradford gets a few more games, but Rosen will be starting by the halfway point of the season. Now, does, if Sam Bradford turns it around in the next two to three weeks, does Sam Bradford keep this spot? Say next week Sam Bradford goes out and for- throws for 300 yards and two touchdowns. So Sam Bradford is still the starting quarterback. Yes. Even if they lose. Yes. Really? I, I, I think, I mean, you want to win games, but I think Arizona knows they're in a place where they're not going to win a lot of games. So I think if, if uh, as long as uh, Bradford is playing competitive ball, they're gonna they're gonna keep Rose on the sidelines to keep allowing him to groom and prepare instead of just being thrown into things. Right. Now, last but not least, this one's no surprise, and uh, we were all expecting it. And I'm just gonna go out and say it. Uh, Nate Peterman, number one. Um, we expected uh, the absolute. I mean, we expected bad things, but we got to see arguably the worst offensive performance in the history of football. Um, from Nate Peterman on Sunday, and it was an embarrassment. And, and the Buffalo Bills, they, they should be embarrassed. They should be have bags on their heads, and, and they should be just horrible, horrified to show their own faces. I, you know, I, I'm not going to say that I didn't see this coming, but I didn't see it coming to the extent that it did. Yeah, it was bad. I knew Nate Peterman being named the starter was going to be a bad idea. I just didn't think he would only put up what, 25 yards and almost three quarters. Yeah, it was. It was probably it was one of the most like it had to be absolutely de- demoralizing. I mean, just absolutely demoralizing. Because I will say, I mean, I, I know it's against backers, but I will say Josh Allen came out and uh, scored a field goal in his first drive. Yep. I mean, 24 yards, two picks, a 27% completion percentage. Like, wh- how did this guy get into the NFL? How did this guy get into a football game? The performance you're seeing, it, it, it's a big question. Like, how, where did this come from? Because yeah. um, he, he had a very, very good preseason. Yeah, his preseason. But, I mean, like, wow. Guy comes out, I mean, it, it was bad. It was really bad. I... I I've never seen this bad of a performance out of a quarterback in a long time, but Nate Peterman easily takes the takes the taco there as far as as uh, the bad quarterback performances. We haven't seen a quarterback performance this bad since what Jamarcus Russell, Russell, or some of uh, Tebow's games, or yeah, Tim Tebow was pretty bad. I remember besides his one playoff win. But, uh... Yeah, I remember Tim Tebow once went two for eight for sixty four yards and still won the football game. How in the hell that happened? I just mind boggling. Hey, that's still better than Peterman. Yep, yep. Peterman had a, a just it was a, just a miserable game. Um, Nate Peterman, the number one. He he's gonna. I, I, this one goes down. What do you think, Tyler? Is this our first inductee into the Hall of Shame at this point? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think we, he goes into the Hall of Shame for this one. Just a bad, bad performance. Um, hopefully, um, the Buffalo Bills, for their sake, 
will turn this thing around. I'm, I'm hoping for their sake they're smart enough to name Josh Allen as a starter. Otherwise, we're going to have a, a, a coach uh, looking for a job, I think, pretty quickly. So um, with that, Tyler, we're, we're all done with the Forgetful Five, my friend. All right. Yeah. All we have left is a main event. We have a main event. This was the main event. Well, yeah, you got to put it in order. We have to look at next week. And, oh, uh, yeah. I got excited for this because I'm winning. You're winning? Oh, I was hoping we could get past this. Do you want to know what the score is? What's that? Well, this is through 14 games because uh-huh. we, we still have two games going tonight. It's probably about 14 to 10, right? <laughs> it, it, I'm, uh, so all the games, I'm 8, 5, and 1. Uh-huh. Stupid tie. <laughs> and you are 4, 9, and 1. Ooh, that bad? It's bad. That bad? I... I picked the same as you on a majority of these games. A majority of these games. You picked the Texans. You picked the Cardinals. Uh-huh. You picked the Bears. Uh-huh. And, and that's the that's the four that you passed me. Texans, Cardinals, Bears. I'm missing one. And, and Seahawks. So I picked those four. And I'm four games ahead of you. With 14 games, though? This doesn't make any sense. You're, you're, but then, but then we, oh, we also yeah. both pick the Falcons. Yeah. The okay. Okay. We're all we both picks the Saints, the Titans. All right. The, Titans, <sighs> the Chargers. All right. All right. All right. All right. Took too many chances there. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I, I. Just a tough day at the office. I guess. All right. Well. With. Uh, Why don't you go right into it? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna. Oh, shoot! I am gonna hop right into it. Um, so here we are. We got week two coming right up around the corner, starting with the Thursday night football game, Ravens and the Bungles. Oh, the Bungles. Oh, the Bungles. They look pretty good this week. They actually didn't look half bad, but I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens on this one. Uh, Ravens, 100%. Ravens. Um, coming off a hot performance against Buffalo. I think they're going to continue that hot streak. They're going to win against the Bungles. They're going to wind up two and zero in this one. Um, I don't think this is. I don't think this one's a no brainer. Uh, I, I hope it's not a trap game. It is a division game. Yeah, yeah. We 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 run into those every now and then, but I think the Ravens have this one wrapped up. Um, up next, we got the Chiefs and the Steelers. Mahomes coming off of a hot game. Steelers coming off of a, the the tie. Uh, oof, that's that's a toughie. Um, I'm going ahead and going with the Chiefs. All right. I'm going with the Chiefs on this one. I believe the Chiefs come out and Mahomes keeps firing. Tyreek Hill has himself a game. I'm going with the Chiefs on this one. I'm going Pittsburgh. Really? Woof. Woof, woof, woof. Hoping for that James Conner love, huh? I no, I, I think Steers are going to turn it on a bit. They, they play better. First of all, P- Pittsburgh has a notorious record for playing bad at, on the road, mm-hmm. which we kind of saw on Sunday. Steers will be home. It will be their home opener. I think Steers are going to let, let, let the world on fire. They're going to have they're going to have a dominant win here. Nice, very nice. Uh, moving into uh, Dolphins and Jets, I'm going with the this new the New York Football Jets. That's what I'm doing. And I'm going with the Jets, and I, I think the Jets are going to have themselves a nice showing tonight against the Lions. Um, right now, for the record, they're up ten to seven. But um, Jets, I think, are going to beat the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are going to get spanked in this one. Um, Sam Darnold's going to come out firing. It's going to be a good game for the New York Jets. Um, on to the next one, Eagles and Bucks. This one's tough all of this, a sudden. This one is, is a t- another tough one. What are you going to do here? I'm going with the Eagles. 
I'm going with the Eagles. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick duplicates his performance. The Eagles had a very, very strong defensive showing. Um, I, I'm going to go with the Eagles on this one. I think Fitzpatrick flounders moving into week two. I think he he comes back down to earth, and we're going to see uh, the Eagles do uh, uh, what they do. I'm also going to Eagles. There you go. That a boy. For smart. For the same reason, I don't, I don't see Fitzpatrick repeating what he did this week. Mm. And uh, Eagles have a better defense than yes. the Saints. Yes, I agree. Um, Saints and Browns. Did this one just become tough or are we just overthinking it? Uh, I, I want, you're going with the Saints. Um, I think I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints as well. Um, I, I want to, I'm, I'm hoping this one doesn't become that tough, but I'm going to go with the Saints. I, I think the Browns had a flash in the pan interdivisional matchup. I'm going with the Saints on this one. Um, up next, we got the Redskins and the Colts. Mm. Kind of a toughie. I don't think it is. I'm going Redskins on this one. I believe uh, Alex, really? Alex Smith comes out firing. I think Alex Smith has himself a game, just like he did this past week. The Redskins' defense looked very, very formidable. I mean, even in spite of the poor performance uh, by the Arizona Cardinals, the Redskins' defense did look pretty good. I'm going with the Redskins on this one. I think Alex Smith lights up the world. The defense did look good um, despite um, being known for a bit mediocre, and then I, I believe AP's going to have a good game too. Because the, And then offensively there and continuing there, the Colts don't have a great defense right now, and I think that Alex Smith is going to exploit that. I'm also going the Redskins. Yes. Yes, I agree. Uh, 9-16, this one I think is a no-brainer. Um, Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m., you got the Bills and the Chargers. I think this one's a no-brainer. Um, Chargers redeem themselves. Chargers, a loss. Chargers all day on this one. The Bills just look so awful, <laughs> just so bad. Um, Chargers come out firing. Philip Rivers is pissed. Um, we're gonna have a wild one there. This is um, one of the games of the week right here, and I think it's gonna be really good. Vikings and Packers. Um, Packers coming off of the the come from behind victory. Vikings coming off of a pretty definitive win over over San Francisco. Um, we got some injuries to the secondary, but Mike Hughes really stepped in and, and played really good ball with Trey Wayne going down, Mackenzie Alexander going down. Um, i got to be honest with you, I, Aaron Rodgers had himself a good game last night, but I'm going Vikings. I'm also going Vikings. Yeah, I'm going Vikings here. I believe they, um, they come in and, and just dominate Aaron Rodgers the way that they have been for the last year or so. I, I believe the Vikings – Overtake Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Um, Sunday at 1 o'clock p.m., you got the Panthers and the Falcons. Another game of the week here. Another very good one, very tight one. I'm going to go with the Falcons. Mm. I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going Panthers on this one. I think the Panthers, even though they played a rough game last week, I think the Panthers' defense is going to keep the Falcons at bay. The Falcons had a very hard time. Um, handling the Eagles' defense, and the Panthers really are going to be a shutdown defense here. I think uh, Falcons are, have, are way better offense than the Cowboys, and the Panthers are going to struggle to keep up with, with a more high-octane offense. Yes, I can see that happening, possibly. Um, the Texans and the Titans, this one um, kind of a, a tough one, kind of, but not really. It, it, it sets up a weird precedent. Um, nobody expected the Titans to have as hard of a time as they did. Mariota went down with an injury. We don't know if he's going to be in for week two. Um, this one, I'm going Houston. I'm also going Houston. Yes, I think this is the the smart route. Um, going Houston, I mean, 
the the Houston Texans, you got Watson over there. Deshaun Watson's the better quarterback, I think, of anything anyone that the Titans have on their their uh, roster right now. Um, had a great game out of Lamar Miller last week. I think the Texans come out firing. I think their defense is still rock solid. Pretty excited for that one. Uh, next up, Rams and Cardinals. Um, I'm going with the Rams by a landslide. Easy. Yeah, this this one was was a no brainer. Um, Rams here too. Yep. Rams all day. Um, anyone who doesn't think the Rams are taking this one is either high or out of their mind. I can't decide. Unless but, something crazy injury wise happens tonight, I'm still going to stand by that. Yeah, yeah. Even then, I, I think I might stand by that. Rams all day. Um, they're going to dominate the Cardinals next week. These next two are tough because it's two. Well, because, next three are tough, really. Well, the next two in particular for the fact that in one each game are teams that we haven't seen play a full game. We don't know, <clears throat> you don't know what's going to happen. So you're making a prediction. <coughs> well, here's the kicker. Um, next one is Lions 49ers. Um, it's tough because Jimmy G is coming off such a tough game. And you don't know what to expect out of the Lions because right now they are losing to the New York Jets right now. Um, I got to tell you, I'm probably going to go with the 49ers on this one. I am also going with 49ers. And, and, and Jimmy G, I think he comes out firing again and, and really brings his team back up. It's going to be a tight one, but I'm going to say the San Francisco 49ers beat the Detroit football lie-downs, as I like to call them. Um, and and I, I think he'll, he'll narrowly beat them, but I think he'll beat them. Um, Raiders versus the Broncos. Tough one. Case Keenum came out. He he played a game where where uh, he was iffy. Case Keenum was iffy. He got the win. How much of that was his defense? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, so so Case Keenum he got away with one. Um, that that catch was that that was made in the corner of the end zone for the win. Um, it was disputable. I think. Um, but he, he got away with one here. It was a last-minute touchdown. I'm going Raiders here. I'm going Raiders as well. Yeah, I'm going Raiders. I think I think Derek Carr, even in spite of the defensive issues, too much. I'm going to go Raiders here. Um, Patriots and the Jags. This one is another game of the week. This one's a tough one. Oh, this, one, this one's a little tough. I mean, the Jaguars struggled against the uh, Giants this week. In, in a game that I thought they should have won a lot more prominently than they did. Yes. So it's and and then you have the injury to Fournette as well. On top of that, mm-hmm. I hate doing this, but I'm going the Patriots. I'm going Jags. I think the Jags defense does what they do. I think they shut down the Patriots. It's going to be a knockdown, drag down, drag out brawl. But I, I'm going the, pa- uh, the 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 Jags here. I think the Jags are going to they're going to tear up Tom Brady. I think they're going to remind him that they're the number one defense in this league. I think they're going to show everybody that they have the best secondary. We got to remember there are no injuries to that Jags defense, and and Blake Bortles will step up. I think I think that's going to be the telling sign whether or not Blake Bortles can step up, be a great quarterback, um, and and play as well as he he did before. So I'm I'm calling the Jags to finally finally top the New England Patriots. Um, I hope so. Yep. Next up, the Giants and the Cowboys. This one's kind of a tough one because it's like the toilet bowl. Giants. Giants. Uh, um, I'm Giants going... had a good outing against that Jacksonville defense. Mm-hmm. I, I think they go and face a, a way less significant defense. They get the job done. Yeah, and that's the Pat Shermer offense. I, I think I'm going to go Giants here as well. Um, that that Pat Shermer offense is potent, and it's something that the the teams like the Cowboys haven't seen yet. 
I think Pat Shermer is going to come out and then turn that Giants offense into something spectacular. You're going to see the Giants over the Cowboys this week. And uh, last but not least, the Bears and the Seahawks. Now, we got to remember the Bears, um, they, they crapped the bed against, against a, a junky defense, I would say, in the Green Bay Packers. Um, Seattle went and lit up a very good defense in the Denver Broncos for 24 points. Uh, do you believe that the Chicago Bears get it done against the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, Russell Wilson coming out there. It's tough. Uh, I, I think the Bears had a very um, good first half. And it just kind of fell apart from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going Bears. All right. I'm going Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson has their way with the Bears. I, I think Khalil Mack will uh, have a hard time containing Russell Wilson. He's, he's a little too mobile for me. Um, I, I think I think the Seattle Seahawks run all over him and have themselves a game. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are done for the evening. Uh, Tyler, this is a special Monday night edition here, episode 11. Yes. Yeah, I'm stoked. And, and we'll be back on starting next week uh, as, as consistently as we can. It'll be after the Monday night football game, so we have everything to work with. Yeah, Tyler Tyler just likes to go on vacations all the time. I'm working. You're, he's on vacation. Don't don't let him lie to you folks. He just goes on vacation at will because Tyler lives in a castle, and he goes on cruises all the time. You know, Captain Vacay over here, he's got a drawbridge in front of his house where he rides out on his giant dogs and, and like, their horses, and it's just a great time. You done? No, no, it's, it's just, Tyler just goes on vacations all the time. It's, it's just the truth. I'm going to hit the off button. No, you don't. Anyhow, folks, I just want to send a uh, special thanks to our executive producer, Jordan J. Scavone. Check out his books, The Mud Princess and Be Mighty. Check those out. Um, you can find those on Amazon. And uh, Jordan will be very grateful if you uh, get his books, read them to your kids. They're a great time. Uh, my kids love them. Hope you guys do, too. Also, a uh, big shout-out to It's Your Time Massage. Um, check that out at IYTMassage.com and um, get yourself a massage. It's your time. Ain't that right, Tyler? Yep. Yes. It's your time. It's your time. It's your time massage. Um, Amanda is incredible. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that is our show, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed it. We will be right back right here uh, next Wednesday for recording. Am I right, Tyler, or are you going on another vacation? Next Wednesday is the day. Next Wednesday is the day. We will be back. Um, hope you guys enjoy this weekend in football. We are going to be enjoying those Monday night games tonight, and we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us later this week when Scott and Tyler get deep into the regular season and beyond. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash theoutsideblitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.